Hello, humans. It's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 139. 900 more episodes to go, and... No, wait, my math is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 1,800 more episodes to go, and we will match the anniversary year of Batman. It's true. I hope I did my math right. I kind of just did that on the fly. <laughs> it's been a long day, folks. Uh, this is the world's greatest the comic goal. show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me, as always, is Brandon. Hello, everybody. And Josh. Why, hello there. That was creepy. <laughs> in a good way. Creepy in a good way. So if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com and get us on Twitter at notarobotcomics and Instagram at narcomicbooks. And if you feel like supporting us, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcasts, where we also have access to our Discord server, where we're always talking with each other and other fans about all things geek like comic books I know we talked about comic books this week I don't remember also true. what comic books <laughs> I think we talked about a few different comic books this week a lot of different comic books I think we were talking oh, yeah, we about a comic book that. that we will be talking about yeah. soon later yeah, yeah we are avidly not Kirk. talking about it yeah yes <laughs> 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 that shocking panel in Nightwing that's been making the rounds online and people asking yeah. what the fuck <laughs> what is going, going on <laughs> so as for those books today we are looking at Wonder Woman number 797 Batman Superman World's Finest number 13 Catwoman number 53 GCPD The Blue Wall number 6 final issue Nightwing number 102 The Flash number 795 and Superman number 2 as well as a whole host of honorable mentions. But before we get into that, as is the case, let's get into the news. What you guys got going on? If anything. Not a whole lot on the personal front. I got a few things real quick from uh, comic, the comic book world, or comic book related anyway. Um, first up, James Gunn is officially tapped. He's going to be directing the uh superman legacy movie that that he has written right. he'll be he'll be uh he'll be the one directing it too so if it falls flat it is all on him but if it's successful oh boy yeah um That's a big also <laughs> yeah you could say that again also um dave gibbons was recently interviewed on uh, mm-hmm. right before he put his book out, and he was asked if he would ever release Watchmen's full scripts from Alan Moore, and he said, "No, that is a good idea," but there was no oh, confirmation, sure. so we'll see. <laughs> um, DC Comics is going to be pu- publishing a free uh, "We Are Legends" comic focusing on the uh, three new heroes that they have introduced um, uh, the spirit world it's er, that they've brought into the dawn of DC uh, spirit world the vigil and city boy 
Uh, I suppose I'll have to wait and see how those turn out. Not a fan of the City Boy deal. Um, this one's for Brandon. <laughs> Frank Miller and Dan Dan Didio are out looking for comic book talent at Comic Cons. Yeah, I heard about that. I was at uh, one of their panels when they were talking about that. Need to go get a job, son. I would love to. I would love to. Um, it uh, it seems like it would be a fun time. I, I got the impression at the the uh, Frank Miller presents panel that they had at, at New York Comic Con that, that Dan would be a very fun person to work for. Well, you're not getting into arguments with him, but he's he's got a, a <laughs> charisma that I think would be um, would be pretty fun actually. Well, yeah, I remember hearing likes. him talk at a panel years ago at Fan Expo. He he was a joy to listen to, and, and he's to, yeah, he's like really. Present. I mean, yeah, he he got a lot of shit over the years, and and some of it was warranted, but he is very entertaining. Um, like he yeah. knows how to keep a crowd going. Um, and and mind you, this I mean, I went to two of the Frank Miller Presents panels. One was at like ten thirty in the morning, and you know had people in there fully attent and uh, and listening and paying attention so he, he knows how to get the crowd going I'll give him that right on yeah and then uh finally this is just it seems a little weird to me i don't know about how you guys feel about it but the flash got a pg-13 rating and not because of violence but apparently because there's partial nudity in it that's probably a butt cheek or something. <laughs> I, Still I, I weird for a imagine. superhero movie, right? Yeah, it it is kind of weird. If this is a whole like, honestly though, if this is a whole Batman damned Bat Dong fiasco again, I I, I can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> I can't deal with people freaking out over Bat Dong. It's it's Bat Dong. It's, yeah, it's too much. I love that word. <laughs> Bat dong. Bat dong. I am vengeance. Oh no, that's scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, then uh, the last thing. Anything else though? Uh, the the last thing that I wanted to mention is uh, the promo art for the um, for the Harley series coming up it has me really super excited, man. Sweeney Boo's art yeah. is looking awesome. It looks really yeah, I got to read it for myself uh, a couple hours ago. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a fun you, ride. You, you shut up. Yeah. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lucky, didn't lucky they, guy. Didn't, didn't you ever learn sharing is caring? Sharing is caring, but it's also, also illegal. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, not illegal. Yeah. More just, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to run the risk. You know. Yeah. My, my LCS owner. We have a. A special arrangement that uh, most of this stuff stays under wraps. But well, I would tr I would share with you guys because I trust you guys, obviously. But um, you know, I can't can't go sharing it all over the internet because it's going to get traced back to me, and then my well will run dry. But uh, yeah, and yes, then the that's very fun. And there, well, I, I mean, this is much of a spoiler. It's in the solicits, but there is a backup from Erica Henderson. I don't know if you guys know her, but she. Um, the name sounds familiar. Uh, was it yeah. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl? And then she did a book oh. with Alex DeCampi called Dracula Mother Effer, 
which was one of my favorite books of 2020. Oh, An excellent book. I remember um, seeing that. Yeah, and uh, and she did a, a Harley backup. I don't know if she's doing regular backups, but she did a Harley backup. That was very fun. Right on. Yeah, that's going to be fun. This wallpaper is kick-ass, isn't it? I need a picture of this so bad. I'm Which getting one, one oh, though. Oh, your wallpaper? Yeah. Yes. That 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 is the sick cover. It's awesome, and I don't even care if it's got Peacemaker in it. <laughs> Whatever the hell his name was. What? Grifter. No, 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 Peacemaker, the dude behind Grifter. Peacekeeper. Oh, Peacekeeper. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> I don't remember seeing Peacemaker there. <laughs> no, not Peacemaker. Yeah. Too close. You need to start getting original names. Yeah. <sighs> All right, uh, I've got a few things. Oddly enough, one DC, one Marvel, and one everything else. Uh, starting off, DC is being hit by Warner Brothers Discovery layoffs, but not to the same degree as we got a few years ago. It is mostly going to be upper management level stuff. Uh, one that we do know of is the Senior Vice President of Manufacturing and Operations uh, in the self-described restructuring deal is retiring. Um, at least that that's semi-confirmed. Hello. I'll say semi-confirmed. And this, this was as of March 17th. This was last Friday. I have not heard any updates since... Uh, and no other positions were really said to be affected. Like, none were confirmed, I mean. Like, definitely more positions are affected, but we don't know what they are or how far this um, expands. But it's apparently editorial and the comic, the actual creator side will remain relatively untouched, if not completely untouched. So, there's definitely some... You know who I hope gets laid in, off? In, in the... WBD offices. You know who I hope gets laid off? The guy that throws away all the submitted solicited uh, story ideas. Like, just lay his ass off and then we can get to work. Oh, the, 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 the guy that uh, created the DC Round Robin? Lay his no, ass the, off. <laughs> The guy, and just the, publish the all the books. That, <laughs> the guy that throws away every single story that's written into DC. DC never takes submissions. Oh, well, if they lay yeah. off the guy that throws you mean, them like, all away, like unsolicited submissions. Yes, that's what they I can't take yeah. those legally. Yeah, they they can't take those legally because if they were to open them, and then somehow found its way into the pipeline that could warrant a lawsuit from the original creator yeah. of that unsolicited proposal. That's why they don't take them. Um, that's Well, that's, I know, uh, but if we lay off the guy pretty nasty them thing. away... <laughs> well, well, yeah, they're just going to get someone else because they don't want to get sued. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. We need Rob's Green Lantern story, man. I have to write it first. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I would love to publish one though. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Just to did, see yeah. all the, the reviews come in and people shit all over awesome. it. 
Yeah. The one you did in Discord was kick ass, dude. That was an awesome yeah. idea. I mean, that was that was really just a pitch. <laughs> I, I, I I'm horrible with dialogue, but we'll see. Uh, Says the guy I, hosting I the podcast. Fully, I mean, other people. I can talk for myself, <laughs> but I can't. I can't put words in other people's mouths. I'm not that good. And I can I can totally see the the book may be well received by the larger DC universe, but the Green Lantern fans will find a way to shit all over it because it's true. It's not Jeff. They Jones. hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, too true. To be fair, there's been a lot of shitty ones out there <laughs> over the years. There's been a lot of crap. <laughs> a lot of good. Yeah, but they even shit on Grant Morrison, and that was a good story. There's differences. Good and bad. I know, I know. There's there's some... For the Green Lantern fan, I get it. I get it. And I I agree to a certain degree. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. Next point I have is... uh, In Marvel, they have announced the Uncanny Avengers are making a return to the stands uh, with a brand new series written by Jerry Duggan with art from... Uh, and Brandon, correct me if I'm saying this wrong. Javier Garon. Garon. Okay. Yeah, Javier Garon. Yeah, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I'm assuming his artwork. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So, but the the cover looks really freaking good. Uh, I I did not mess with Uncanny Avengers when it first came out i i thought it was cool at first but like after a while i was kind of just done with x-men so <laughs> i don't know it looks interesting it's pretty much going to spin out of uh, the fall of x uh i don't know if you want to elaborate brandon because i am not up to date on any x-men stuff i have no idea what fall of yeah. X potentially is well the the original uncanny avengers for me at least was i don't know how well you guys know math i'm by no means an expert but i always equated it to a bell curve where it had kind of a slow start and then oh, it yeah. peaked right in the middle had a really strong middle yeah. and then just completely tanked when it went into sixes um and then they had the they had like a couple of iterations of the uncanny avengers and then it just kind of walked to its death but now i think they're doing it with the the fall of x stuff which to be honest i'm not really sure what that entirely entails they're being kind of cryptic with it whether or not it's you know bringing about the end of krakoa or transitioning krakoa into yet another new stage it's it's not really clear but that seems to be the the case that after everything with um judgment day and with the hellfire gala the third one that's coming up in a couple of months they're doing the new uncanny avengers um where they'll have some old favorites returning uh, as well as some of the the newer mutants as well so yeah, I think I think that's right pretty much most of the context you need. Fair enough. I will say one thing I find very interesting about this era of X Men is this annual Hellfire Gala that actually keeps happening annually. <laughs> I think that's yeah, really no, cool. That very they, consistent they, with it. They keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was going to be a just one-time just for that thing. alone. I want to get caught up. Yeah, no, I thought it was just a one-time thing, but uh, no, they've been doing it since uh, since 2021 and, and have been consistent with it, so who knows how many they'll keep doing, but uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. What and... the hell is Tiger Division? If we're going to bring a Marvel, I got to ask that question. Oh, oh, wait, is that 
Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> that sounds really. Just let me look it up, so I know what you're talking about. The I, I saw a, a, a cover at the LCS locally here. Um, oh, okay. Doctor Doom in the background, and looks like three new characters in the front. No, the the cover of Tiger Division I'm looking at, I don't see Doctor Doom. For number five. Oh, uh, number one. <laughs> ah. But in any case, what what is Tiger Division? That's not the coolest that, name ever, for sure. Uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but it almost looks like a, a Sentai esque hero team, in a way. Fun times. All right, I was just curious. I saw it saw saw it on the rack, and I thought I'd ask somebody. Brandon, do you know anything about Tiger Division? Um, yeah, I vaguely remember it was like it was sort of a collection of, I think, South Korean heroes um, that they were trying to highlight. I don't really know what the purpose was, but I know one of the characters, White Fox, was like the sort of new premier South Korean character that they were trying to promote. So um, seems interesting. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't read it, though. When did this come out? Oh, 20? Oh. oh. Oh, it's like new. Fair enough. Brand new. Right on. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it looks interesting. <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, no, there was... what When you said that, I don't know why, I was thinking of this other Marvel comic from like the 80s or 90s that I completely forgot about until I saw a cover earlier this week and I forgot to share it. And it was half robot, half animals as a huh. team. There was like a, there was a lion, and there was a kangaroo, and there was Beast a dolphin. <laughs> it was friggin' insane. But as a kid, I loved it, and I don't remember what the hell it was called. Oh, man. Ah, please help me, Google. Google is no help for you. Oh, wait. wait. Brute Force. That's what it was called, Brute Force. Uh, oh, fun. You guys that, know anything about a... this? Nope. Never heard of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's insane. I'm going to share it on Discord, the cover of the first mm -hmm. issue. Ah, oh, what's the comics chat? But that's okay. <laughs> oh man, if this were around today, I and, oh yeah, that is they, wild. Yeah, if they ever did another Marvel versus DC, I need the Zoo Crew to fight brute force. <laughs> Wonder if it just was once. a part of the larger universe or if it was just like a self-contained thing. I'm almost positive it was self-contained. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My yeah, goodness, I would hope so. <laughs> Just for the dolphin I alone, I think it's fantastic. So. <laughs> Dolphin's the only one that might be okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know how I feel about the fact that the kangaroo has to drive a motorcycle, but uh, what else would I a kangaroo of, drive? Of, of, of the, why would a kangaroo drive? <laughs> I guess the same you reason a dolphin questions. would run. Yeah, exactly. If King if King Shark can ru- walk, then a dolphin can run, and if a dolphin can run, the damn it, Roo can drive. Oh, goodness. I want to revisit this book. I want to reread that. I haven't read that stuff in like five. Oh, yeah? God, that was fun. Yeah, nostalgia. Anyway, uh, last piece of news I have. Comixology has, as we know, had tons of issues over the past few years. uh, In no small part, thanks to Amazon. Uh, I think completely because of Amazon, if I remember my news correctly. And in terms of that, uh, Comixology now has a competitor, a direct competitor in the online comics business called Global Comics. And they have secured a partnership with Image, Boom Studios, and many more publishers, uh, which will all be on their platform, which is launching, I believe, later this year. Uh, earlier this year, on February 3rd, they announced that the app for iOS and Android and tablets uh, will be coming soon, and it is being open for a closed beta test. Uh, wow. And in terms of publishers, they have uh, they have Image, Archie Comics, Tokyo Pop, Boom Studios, NBM Graphic Novels. Uh, TKO Studios, Bad Egg Publishing, Valiant Entertainment, Top Cow, Mad Cave Studios, Paper Cuts, among many others. Uh, it's That's cool as looking, hell, man. Yeah, it's looking to be a really, really big app right now. For yeah, and it's not reading. just that. I'm seeing here that they offer direct-to-consumer publishing plus monetization tools. Um, you get all your analytics and marketing tools like you normally would run in that shit on your own website. You get vertical scroll or traditional page layouts left to right. And it's free to publish an unlimited amount of series and books. Damn. Wow. Hell yeah. And that, if you that, want that doesn't just put layout. image that doesn't just put image on a you know, out there on a comicsology type platform that puts your Green Lantern Everyone. story, you know, just for example. Yeah. That average not, Joe not out onto the. Yeah. No, it would be. Um, what's a what's a variant of green? Like a. Chartreuse. Like a teal yeah, teal lantern, <laughs> so you teal, don't get sued. I, I'm the teal flashlight. There yes, the teal, teal flashlight. The chartreuse candle. <laughs> yeah. The chartreuse lamp. I like it. Oh, yeah. Chartreuse lamp. CL. Because TF and and CC, I think those are kind of taken. Transformers and Canadian Club would have issues. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I'm going to have to bookmark this one. Yeah, it's looking good. And if you want a first look at it, it will have a live demonstration at C2E2 
coming later this month, actually. March 31st, April 2nd is C2E2. <clears throat> they will have a large presence there. Uh, so yeah, it's exciting. I can't wait to get this on my phone, get it in my hand. It's going to be uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's all I got. You guys, uh, oh, this is a hell of a thing here, man. I'm digging this mm-hmm. for sure. All right, I'll stop looking at the website. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brandon, you got anything exciting going on? Um, nothing really. Um, yeah, nothing in uh, in comics news that hasn't uh already uh, been discussed well i guess one small thing um for anyone who happens to be on Substack, um i i follow pretty much most of the the comics writers that i can um and uh over on the the joshua williams spooky something i forget the name of it something like that um he's been doing unofficial green arrow week and on monday posted the um the sort of character sheets that shani zasuke has been doing for the upcoming Green Arrow series, so we get to look at the official redesigns or slight redesigns, um, and in Green Arrow's case, uh, for Ollie, Roy, and Connor, um, and they're all very cool, especially Roy's costume, which is very much inspired by the Arsenal costume from the late 90s. Um, yeah, which I, I think is is significantly better because they actually gave him a mask this not this time and not those terrible sunglasses. You didn't like the sunglasses? The sunglasses are terrible. <laughs> They're so dated. <laughs> oh my god. Get a regular mask, you clown. <laughs> Actually, but believe it or not, that's not Roy's worst costume. I think Roy's worst costume has to be hands down the I mean, speedy. I don't love the Arsenal one from the ni- No, the speedy <laughs> one's pretty iconic, but I I don't that love the Arsenal one from good. the 90s. I think oh. it's probably one of the better ones he's had. Um, but because Roy's had a history of some pretty terrible costumes and some good ones too. But I think the worst one, hands down, has to go to, despite how terrible the 90s Arsenal costume is, I think it has to go to the 2003 Outsiders, purely based on the fact that they gave Roy a soul patch and it looks so bad, it makes me want to throw up. Um, so <laughs> bad. Aside from that, it's so terrible. I mean, that's Just look up Outsiders Roy Parker. in the Outlaws. Yeah. I, oh I god <laughs> no i was like whose idea was it to like seriously he looks like what's his face from limp biscuit oh fred oh, durst. anyone oh, from limp now he did not it's look terrible like fred durst it's so bad all he's missing is a backwards hat which is funny because he would get a backwards hat in about eight years uh but yeah it's it's pretty bad yeah. i was trying to see if i can find it if you just look up Outsiders Roy Harper, you'll see. It's um, it's not great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like jacket too. It's Roy just, Harper it's like, bad. Wait. Okay, no, it's it's overkill. Wait, 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 wait. Judd Winnick? Yeah. And Tom Derenick? I see the soul patch, but the costume I'm seeing here on some covers is not... He doesn't have a jacket or anything. It's not horrible. But the soul patch. No, I, I, I hate it purely off the fact like that he has the soul patch. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> the the costume itself is not terrible. It's more just the costume as it looks on Roy in this particular period is so terrible. 
Yeah. I just I now wanna, as far I as Arsenal's costumes go. Oh, I, I see the jacket. Yeah, that's a weird, yeah. weird choice. One of yeah, my favorites yeah. is from Red Hood and the Outlaws. That that was a really cool costume. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad one. I do wish they'd do away with the the baseball cap, but uh, yeah, it's a weird choice. You know, it's always a weird choice. It looks like a teenager. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, there's it's... people who wear baseball caps with business suits. You know, I mean, they shouldn't. Is my point. <laughs> <laughs> my point is that they shouldn't do that either. Don't if, do that. If we are talking. If we're talking best costumes, it's this one. Yes, uh, the, the yeah. red arrow one yeah. is, is pretty red iconic. Wow, that Connor Hawk design is styling. Yeah, no, it's great. Yes, sir, it sure is. And, and if you sick. listeners were a part of our Discord, you'd be able to see the pictures we're looking at. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, so I was also... with this costume redesign, they'll do a, a reprint of the Arsenal series from the 90s. It's like a four-issue series from Devin Grayson and Rick Mays, I think. And it's actually really fun. It's also very hard to find. But with this costume taking inspiration from that, I'm hoping we can get a reprint. What what was it you just asked a reprint for? I said I'm hoping I'm hoping with this this redesign based on the the late '90s costume we can get a reprint of the Arsenal series from the late '90s from Devin Grayson and Rick Mays, which is actually a lot more fun than uh, than you would expect. But also Roy's just a great character. I think I think Roy is like over the past couple years or so Roy has has been creeping his way into my heart and becoming my second favorite titan like nightwing is unbeatable he's on like an infinitely high pedestal but i gotta say i have i've, I've developed a real soft spot for for old roy uh, what can i say i love the underdog well is that about it uh, sorry, I was, yeah, I, I discovered a couple more things, because uh, I remembered we, in our private chat, were having some discussions about things with the solicits last week, <clears throat> um, in, I believe, July, I'm just trying to find it, no, in August, uh, Tomasi is getting another omnibus coming this year, uh, his oh, Green yes. Lantern Core run was announced earlier this year to be coming out in June, I believe. And mm -hmm. now his Detective Comics run from Rebirth is going to get an omnibus collection in August as well. Yeah. Which, just great news for Tomasi and Tomasi fans. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot no, coming this uh, year. <laughs> yeah. it, is a, it is a solid run with some, uh, some ups and downs. But, uh, you mm -hmm. know, it'll be nice to have it all in one thing. Yeah. I, it's, it's, my wallet's going to cry, though, because... I don't know which omnibus I want more. <laughs> you you gotta get the probably, Green Lantern probably Corps. Green like, Corps. Yeah, probably that's GLC. that's gonna be a once in a lifetime thing. And yeah. if that thing sells out fast, you're never gonna find it again unless they do a oh, reprint, which like realistically yeah. they won't do for another fifteen, possibly twenty years. Yeah, and like whenever there's a, a question online about where do I start with Green Lantern, everybody says Jeff Johns run, and I'm always mm -hmm. coming in in the comments saying like that's a great choice. But also read GLC alongside it because it goes Definitely, so yeah. well together. And in time, at times, it's actually the better book. 
I agree. Definitely more consistent at, certain, at, at points. Yeah. 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 So with Jeff Johns, he was trying to do a whole narrative. He was trying to like, yeah, like fill gaps between event to event. But GLC was just not writing its coattails, but just doing its own thing and having its own fun. Yeah. And I appreciated that. And I think, I mean, uh, aside from some of the crossovers with larger events, it was also more contained, which I kind of like too. Like exactly. it's, not, it's not always, yeah. you know, related to whatever big thing is is uh, is going on right now. It's just sort of telling the smaller, more. Well, I don't want to say smaller because that makes it sound unimportant, but you know, the the kind of side lantern stories, which I, I always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's honestly, I'll credit it as one of the books that really made me truly love Green Lantern. Yeah. Plus, hey, Kyle so fans and Guy fans, this book is for exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Kyle gets his fifth girlfriend and oh, failed God. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Guy just has a lot it, of fun moments. It, yeah. I, I, you know, it always makes me laugh that ending to blackest night where Jade comes back to life and immediately runs mm-hmm. after Kyle and Sorenik's just like st- standing yeah. on the side. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, especially since, uh, uh during Sins of the Star Sapphire in GLC, yeah. there there was this whole thing with uh, Kyle and Serenic's true love when they first met the Star oh, Sapphires. God, yeah. And Serenic saw Kyle, and Kyle saw yeah, Jade. And he lies, right? <laughs> he's like, oh, wait, I, um, I, yeah, I totally saw you, baby. I, I, and then he's like, oh, I think fuck. at first. But I, I think I think Serenic does actually find out about it later on, yeah. or soon after, and, and that's when uh. they... They begin to have the rocks. That's when they break up. That's when and he's then, like, then Jade shows like, lose up. my number. <laughs> Lantern 2814.4. Not even Kyle. Yeah. If I ever see you in my sector again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Kyle. You dog. Yeah. What a shame. <laughs> yep. And finally, a uh, bit of sad news, but also news to rejoice towards. It's kind of bittersweet, I, I gotta say. Uh, also in the solicits, uh, a series finale was announced. Kind of. I didn't even see it when I was reading the solicits, but we saw it later on in uh, other reports about it. Tim Drake Robin number 10 comes out in June, is the series finale last issue, uh, to the surprise of no one. Yeah. Oh, that's At least wonderful. That's the people beautiful here. news. <laughs> I don't know if that's bittersweet, but, but I think it's awesome. It's it's bittersweet in the terms of it's sweet in the in the terms that that this this the stories can end, that the book can yes. stop. We don't have to have <sighs> Tim Drake in the shitter, but it's it's bitter because they couldn't just get another creative team. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it, it's, it's a shame in a way. The book with a different team. Hopefully, please. Yeah. Yes. Or maybe they'll please half the fan base and give Tim Drake a new moniker. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, we actually don't know the story yet. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're, they're maybe. finishing Tim Drake Robin and instead going to relaunch in July with another number one, As Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Blue Beetle. Be a different goddamn. <laughs> Tim Drake, Grey Ghost. Drake it ghosts. better be a different creative yeah. team. I mean, if if 
they're doing that and going from Robins to something else is probably still making Vince Martin. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would love to do a Black Label story of him actually taking over the role from uh, from Ted Cord. I still think that's a, a really interesting idea. Yeah, maybe not in continuity, but like if you were, because you know how Rogue. I was thinking about that. Like Rogues was obviously based on kind of like the that 2000s era flash stuff um but it was still kind of telling its own out of continuity story and it's like what if you took that era of robin and birds of prey from like 2001 2002 and then just did like a a black label story set maybe like five or six years down the line where tim becomes blue beetle or something like that i would love to do something like that or just see it happen it doesn't have to be me but you know someone else could do it and trying to make an interesting story out of it not chuck dixon though because i don't want him doing anything else at dc but um but yeah let's yeah just, he's never coming back to dc <laughs> no no and good riddance yeah yeah uh, that would be interesting though yeah i just want them to call it elseworlds you know this world i know <laughs> we all do like black Lady, <laughs> but like else like to keep that else world's uh banner would be amazing yeah i mean that's basically what they are they just they won't call them that for they some time i don't know why. yeah 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 it's weird long time bc fans will always call them else worlds that we are <laughs> yeah yeah else worlds is yeah, anything that isn't main continuity like it's right there uh, let me put yeah. my camera so i can see what the hell i'm showing Exactly. There's the logo. Elseworlds. <laughs> Bring this back. <laughs> I know. Well, I just, I miss that distinction, especially because, like, black labels encompassing everything, including some of DC's independent stuff. And it's like, you guys had Vertigo for that reason. Why did you get yeah. rid of Vertigo? <laughs> like, come on. Like, you have Vertigo and Elseworlds, and there's a kind of a yeah. distinction between out of continuity superhero stuff and just completely independent you know um comics published in conjunction with dc and now it, they're just like blopped together Ver- vertigo might be a special case because vertigo as its own imprint had its own books and it wasn't like you wouldn't have seen a batman book in vertigo necessarily you wouldn't see yeah the flash in a vertigo imprint Mm-hmm. So maybe like I can understand Black Label compared to Vertigo in that sense. But I'm thinking for like a, like the the Hill House books or you know yeah. um, Nice House in the Lake stuff like that like those feel like books that had they been published Vertigo. in 2012 they would have been Vertigo books. Mm-hmm. Oh for sure. But I'm also curious about the if they if they even keep record of that still the the sales numbers between vertigo imprints the number of times they tried vertigo imprints versus how they're selling black label right they test the waters with batman damned and then other stuff then okay we know that black label's a big seller so let's try that well i know for for the um the books that they do it like the i forget the um almost an aspect ratio like it's a book for the uh, for the dimension, for like the the books with the big yeah. dimensions, like the those oversized for prestige books. Um, format. I think those, I think yeah, the prestige um, yeah, the, well, they are they are published in prestige format, but they have like the the larger one, um, like you know the the question series and yeah, the wider and all that stuff. Yeah, the, the um, wide screen issue. Yeah, and I I think those 
sell a little better because um, those are yeah those are really more targeted for um, for like art fans which you know obviously comic yeah. fans are are, <laughs> are buying for art that's that's a big factor of it too but I, I, yeah. I, mean, I can't I can't speak for every store in America sure. but I think uh, from, from what I've heard it seems like yeah it, it sounds like those <laughs> usually do a little bit better yeah that's true um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no those those bigger ones because um, they just like they blow up the art and they just look absolutely gorgeous. I feel like a sucker every time I get one. I'm like, do I really need this? Probably not, but like, I can't, I can't help it. It just looks too good. That's the only reason I bought Tom Taylor's Hellblazer book to see Derek Robertson's art at that size. <laughs> yeah, uh, the art was interesting in that one. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to put um, it. But books like uh, I don't know, is Deceased Black Label? I don't think so. Like books like Deceased or like no, um, yeah. uh, Jurassic Robin League, Batman. Yeah, like that. That could totally be like it's not Black Label, of course. It's, it's just main imprint, but they yeah. could still have the Elseworlds logo on that, and it wouldn't cost them anything. It wouldn't no. affect anybody, but it would make some long-term fans a little happier. Yeah, I think. Just to yes. have that one little logo in the corner. I don't yep. know why there's if a it's hesitancy not main continuity, that word, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, if it's not main it continuity like and it's not mature kind of rated, then it should be Elseworlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, fuck, I'm thinking about it now. Like that, That's going to be like 60% of their monthly releases <laughs> at yeah, this yeah. point. <laughs> I don't know, this year with Dawn of DC, they're, they're kind of turning that around. There's a lot more main continuity yeah. releases thankfully mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of years have been difficult anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway with that being said, we've been going a while with the news segments maybe it's yes. time we bump on over to some books what do you guys think sounds good yeah all right josh you want to give us the mentions uh yeah sure do um Batman One Bad Day Rachel Ghoul. It this wraps up the One Bad Day series and it does a pretty good job of doing it. I I enjoyed this issue. War in, War of the Undead Gods. I uh did not get a chance to read that one and um that's because I went back and read Swamp Thing Swamp Thing Green Hell number three a second time. That shit is awesome if you're not reading green hell then you definitely should be black adam continues to be good as does fables that's number nine and number 158 respectively uh harley quinn the animated series legion of bats that is so fun to read and i love it it's great (laughs) and um dc's dc's legion of bloom (laughs) uh so it's it's not bad it's an anthology most of the art is pretty good in it except for and i don't mean to i'm not trying to shit on the guy because i don't recognize him from anywhere else but his art style reminds me of uh mike judge for for drawing beavis and butthead uh hayden (laughs) sherman but other than that it's your typical anthology seasonal anthology book from dc that's about all that is so uh well that's about all that there is for the honorable mentions as well aiden sherman that sounds familiar 
He's done some of the backups detective we've seen recently. The two oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're getting. I, I see what you're getting at with um, Beavis and like the flat <laughs> rectangular faces. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Not horrible though. Like really, really well done. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't hate got, it, but it was just like, oh my god. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna hear somebody yell "Late Titty Gaga." <laughs> I am Cornholio. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Legion of Bloom. I was I was definitely excited for. I've only had the opportunity to read one story out of it, and uh, you know which one I picked. <laughs> Captain Garrett. Yeah, that's of fun course. Piece. Yeah. <clears throat> Though issues like that, though, I gotta say one one uh, thing I, I I have an issue with is when they have the cover. I understand the Legion of Bloom; they want to pick as many plant based characters as possible, but not even half of the the, the group on the cover is actually in the issue, <laughs> which I felt was slightly annoying and also a little odd because you expect to see all these people, and you get like three of them. You can't trust the. You just cannot trust the uh, a cover. I'll, I'll say it forever and ever. You cannot trust the cover just because something's on the cover doesn't mean it's going to be inside the book. Exactly, which is a damn shame. Sometimes artwork is just badass, uh, but other times the cover gives you a spoiler, and you wonder why the fuck they picked that. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, they say don't judge the, by its cover, but that's milest- some bullshit, I think. I forgot oh, the yeah. milestone 30th anniversary issue came out, and that was a fun look through. Yes. It's a hell of a heavy look through. I did not read yeah. everything, but I've read some and flipped through the rest, and that was pretty sick. Yeah, I, I took a flip through it as well, and uh, the Batman Beyond and, and Static Story. Mm hmm. Which looks really cool. For fans of the old Batman Agreed. Beyond cartoon, that's a bit of a, a, um, a throwback to. Was it in Batman Beyond or was it just Justice League Unlimited, I guess? It was um, in Static and Justice League. Or Justice League Unlimited, I forget exactly. But yeah. Yeah. Wait, did he. In, in the Static cartoon, did he go. Like, did he meet Terry McGinnis, or did he just, like... Yeah, no, he meets that? Terry McGinnis, and then briefly meets his future self. Oh, okay. And then they kind of yeah, follow up on that later again. in Justice League. Yeah. JLU, yeah. Right on. Which, again, great episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the First little bit that, that I read out of this First book so far was pretty been? darn good. And the yeah. art was pretty good, too. Sorry, Rob, I didn't know you were talking. No, no, I was just quoting one of my favorite lines from that episode. <laughs> Of Justice League Unlimited, Terry introducing Bruce Wayne and Batman, and they both tell him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do they used to call it? Stereo. Anyway, we're getting into our <laughs> quick bite section <laughs> for the week, starting off with Wonder Roman number seven ninety seven, <laughs> and Josh is going to tell us about that. I will. I'll try to do it as quickly as possible. There's a little bit that happens in this book. Um. 
Written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Art from Amanke Nwalpin. Uh, colors, Tamra Bonvalin. Letters, Pat Brazil, And a cover from Yannick Paquette and David McKegg. Um, so, before, just to catch you up, Diana had decided to join the side of the gods to ensure the survival of the Amazons. Because if the gods die, well, so do the Amazons. Okay, you're all caught up. So this starts out with Diana being captured and tied to a stump on the side of the Promethean Cliffs, where Hera decided that she needed to be. A stranger frees her, and they take off. Soon they run into a bunch of, uh, I don't know, ghouls, I guess? Mindless undead that don't eat brains, so they're not zombies. And they serve a titan named Euronymous. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. All the Titans want Diana dead. Um, Stranger Dude tells Diana to run. Ratatosk, the not-a-squirrel, shows up, sends Diana through a portal to Themyscira where Nubia is waiting. Stranger Dude is somehow there, too. Nubia tells her to run while the ghouls attack the Amazons, and she flees with the Stranger again for a minute and then takes off to the world of man to take revenge on the gods. And she has a pretty damn cool costume to do it in. Um, this first part, man, has got really excellent art. Really excellent. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm digging this arc. I, uh, I have my doubts, of course, and uh, for good reason. But this story, at least so far, this issue is good enough. And that, that, that if it continues this way, I could possibly retract my complaints uh, about the previous issues in this arc we'll have to see where it goes but um, I enjoyed this front half here how about you guys what'd you think I, I didn't hate it it was uh, it was kind of interesting fairly enjoyable uh, a big turnaround from the rest of the run so far so <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's it's uh I just hope they can stick the landing with this story arc. Um, I'm, I'm going to see where it goes. I'm cautiously optimistic about it right now, but very, very cautiously. Uh, and and I'm I'm very invested in the mystery of this hooded fella, whoever this guy is, who I suspect dude. is Ares. I suspect you suspect Ares, it's Ares? Yes. Interesting. There, there was a lot of talk of war going on for somebody that's not the god of it to be out and yeah you're right to be out in the mix of it he definitely should be you got a good point there rob what about you brandon what'd you think about the first part of the book uh the first one was okay um we talked about revenge of the gods last week and i think um I think it was Rob and I were kind of in consensus that it was not a great start, not a bad one by any means, just kind of weak. Um, and I sort of felt the same way here. I mean, it's it's okay, it's fine, it's sporadically interesting, but I feel like it never really completely pulled me in. It's certainly not as much as the the backup did, which we'll talk about soon. Maybe I appreciated this one because it's just better than psychic milk. Um, <laughs> but <Yeah>. speaking <laughs> of the backup. <laughs> We get the new champion of Shazam, written by, excuse me, written by Josie Campbell with uh, art from Caitlin Yarsky, colors Jordi Belair, and letters from Clayton Cowles. So Mary pops into Themyscira while they're in the middle of the undead invasion, 
Diana must have just took off. She helps fighting. They aren't really making a dent in the numbers. And then Hoppy shows up and says he needs her because Billy has gone missing. Uh, she doesn't want to go, but Nubia and the Amazons convince her to go help Billy instead of staying and fighting. And that's it. Off she goes. Um, I am really glad that we're getting more of Mary. I'm glad that uh, her story wasn't over at the end of her series. Um, I almost I almost didn't catch that this was a new backup. I, uh, I completely slipped my mind that we weren't getting young Diana anymore. And um, man, am I glad about that. But uh, the backup, well-drawn, well-colored, and a pretty interesting place to point the story in. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the only thing that I have that makes me scratch my head is we got two very powerful, indeed, probably the two most powerful females in the DC universe, and both of them spent the entire book running. <laughs> but uh, I gave both halves an 8.75, gave the whole issue an 8.75. Uh, I, I can agree with the backup. It was fairly enjoyable. Uh, it's definitely the better part of the issue for me and i'm interested to see where mary will go from here i did forget to mention i i, I remembered because hoppy was in this but i was happy to see ratatosk again that's a cute little critter mm -hmm. that unisquirrel love that little guy uh so all in all i gave this issue an 8.5 out of 10 yeah, the backup for me was definitely the more interesting part to see more of Mary and her story. Um, so excited to uh, to see where that continues uh, to go. And I wonder if that'll have anything to do with the upcoming Shazam series from Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Um, so yeah, the whole yeah. issue I'd probably give like a 7.75 out of 10. Oh, Mark Wade and Dan Mora on a Shazam book. Ah, damn, that sounds good. It does. Speaking of Mark Wade and Dan Mora, they also do another book. Yeah. Title. Like how I set you up there. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. Batman Superman World's gotcha. Finest number 13 is our second book of the week. And as we stated, is written by Dan. <laughs> I was going to say written by Dan Mora. Written by Mark <laughs> Wade and drawn by Dan Mora. Not the other way around. With colors what from Tamar Bondelaide. What would the issue look and... like if it was the other way around? I don't even know if Mark Wade can draw. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen Mark work by Mark Wade. It'd yeah. be very, very deep storytelling with stick figures. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, and uh, the letters are by Steve Wands. So, Simon Stagg is dead. The fuck, man? How? This is in the past. He was he was alive two years ago. What happened? Uh, Batman and Superman were the first heroes to hear about it, and given their friendship with Rex Mason, aka Metamorpho the Element Man, they go to find him and investigate the mysterious murder with reluctantly Rex as the top suspect. At least according to Bats, Soups is not convinced. However, Jimmy is also on the case, thanks to Clark Kent egging him on to be an investigative reporter for the Daily Planet, working with Clark on the uh, news story. And the evidence he's found while writing his report has led to one name, 
Bruce Wayne. Who's that? Who en- ends up oh. being arrested for the murder of Simon Stagg. Uh, a murder that Wayne Clark Kent. At this point? I've, seriously, yeah. But this is also like, a, a questionable on. point in the past. This could technically That's be true. his first arrest. It could be. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, to it's an arrest that Clark is is adamant that there's no possible way Bruce could have done this, but yeah. he cannot actually say how he knows this, so they run the story anyway. Um, honestly, great issue. Feels very classic, as has the the whole series so far. Uh, that little bit at the beginning with Batgirl, I know I didn't mention it, but Batgirl and Supergirl just debriefing with the boys over how <laughs> Batmite and Mr. Mixie's Pitalik pretended <laughs> to be Batgirl and Supergirl, and neither Batman nor Superman could tell the difference. And them berating them like, for I want to see that yeah. issue. Man. Yeah, that that that's that's a cool sounding story. It, it sounds very Silver Age, but also having having those mini type adventures just pop up, like we see the tail yeah. end of it at the beginning of the issue. I I love that idea. We don't necessarily have I'm, to I'm see it to know the whole yeah. story and know how it played out, you know. Because <laughs> especially yeah, if you if you read enough um, Silver Age stuff, it's you you just true. know how yeah. it plays out, and you're just like, yeah, I'm, this, this I'm also wondering with the era. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I'm also wondering because they've been kind of like they do the, the the way that this series has been structured so far is like they do their their arc, their story arc. And then they have like a mm-hmm. kind of a one and done issue um, after that, that a, a guest artist draws. And I wonder if after we finish up this Metamorpho arc, the kind of next issue they do after that, the one and done will be the story of Batmite and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, Mr. Mixie's Piddle like impersonating Batgirl and Supergirl, which I can't wait to see because that'll be great. Yeah. That that could be it. That could that that could possibly happen. They did that with the date, so Yeah. Boy. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, this this mystery though, uh has me kinda hooked with uh Bruce Wayne and Metamorpho. It's it's interesting because I'm also trying to figure out like, okay, Metamorpho could do that, but what's his motivation? If it's not him, then who could it be? And Java's sounding pretty suspicious, but he's always suspicious, so maybe it wasn't him. And I'm just yeah. like in my mind I'm going through all the players and like ah, I love it. Uh so this issue was finest number thirteen. Oh fuck. Can you imagine? Court of Owls <laughs> in the past. That'd be yeah. awesome. Uh this issue I gave a nine out of ten really fun to read nice yeah, you, no, I, I also had a great time at this one i uh i still continue to to really enjoy this series and um it's i really like the format where they're just kind of doing these these arcs that highlight a new story but also highlight a, a new character i think we talked about it when we first were reviewing this series it's very like brave and the bold-esque so they had yeah. Doom Patrol with the first arc, and then Teen Titans with the second, and now we're doing Metamorpho, and I'm like, great, because uh, Metamorpho, awesome character, love to to get more spotlight on him. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's just fun, and um, the the mystery of who killed Simon Stagg and why will uh, keep me awake at night until it's solved a couple months from now. Yeah. So and I had Bruce a great time, and uh, and Bruce Wayne is in jail for the first time potentially. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with this one, time. and uh, definitely not. And I gave it an eight point five. The only thing that kind of threw me off was the final page at the end, where Bruce is being arrested, and they have the the GCPD, you know, taking him in, and they have who I believe 
is Montoya and Bullock. And I swear to God, the way that Dan Mora rendered Bullock oh. looks exactly like the one from the animated series, which kind of threw me. Yes. Because I was like, what? I forgot what the hell? to like, bring that up. Like, to a T. Yeah. Um, and it was, <laughs> it, so like, freaked accurate. me out. I know. It was yeah. like, well, because really? uh, Bruno Redondo... <laughs> Yeah, Bruno Redondo did the same thing with Dan Turpin um, in Nightwing, and I saw yeah. it. I was like, what the? What is going on? Because if you if you like yeah, have read any sense. old Superman, if you've read any old Superman, you're like, that is not what Dan Turpin looks like in the comics. Because um, the one they had in the show was modeled after Jack Kirby, oh, and it was like, oh, yeah. oh okay, that is an interesting choice. Um, but uh, but yeah, aside from that, just a really fun issue. No, that Bullock design was fantastic for me. That actually like brought it up for me. I forgot about that <laughs> until you just mentioned it. Yeah, it was, just it like threw great. me off guard. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" And Renee yep. in her B it's cool cop, as hell, though, though. her yeah. officer outfit, which also I think is like the same design from Btos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're throwing it way back out there. It's, oh it's, yeah, I definitely. It. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yes. Yeah, I don't really mind that for Bullock, but the, the Dan Turpin one still kind of throws me. I'm like, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. I can't get used to that. I can't get used like, to that. It just looks like Jack, look like Jack Kirby. <laughs> I know. You're not supposed to. You were made by Jack Kirby. You're not supposed to look like Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to further your point about... Um, how the story arcs have been like highlighting different characters in the world too I, that's also like a great point that i didn't really realize i'd done that for every arc so far is with it's sure it's batman superman but it's also world's finest and and the world's finest will go to any crime scene and help out like they're friends with the entire hero community <laughs> so oh, it makes true. perfect sense yeah that they, they'll have like numerous team-ups it's a great yeah. idea they have going on here they even mention in the issue they're like yeah we're we're old friends with metamorpho which was was kind of yeah. nice to see like they would be yeah that's awesome to see right, josh did you give your review i did not i didn't hear brandon give a score though oh i said 8.5 Oh, 8.5. Well, I've got the exact same one. I think this is a... Uh, I think it's a great World's Finest story, a detective story that Superman can't help wrap up in a flash. And I thought the recap of Metamorpho's origin was cool. Even if it was new, I didn't know it or remember it. So uh, the story part of the book was great. And, of course, Dan Mora is just a legend among men. And... Um, outstanding as always i i gave it an 8.5 wonderful work right on solid issue all around and our last Indeed. book in the spotlight section for the week is catwoman number 53 brought to us by brandon my pleasure this is as rob said catwoman number 53 written by teeny howard with art from Nico Leone, let, or colors from Veronica Gandini, and letters from Lucas Gattoni. 
Um, this sort of is split into two parts, as has been the case with the last couple issues, as we focus on Aiko Hasegawa's pursuits as Catwoman and Selena's pursuits in prison. Particularly in this issue, Selena realizes that it is time to bust out of prison. She has been having her little vacation slash penance for too long and decides to put her and her new friends slash mentees slash gang however you want to call them to use in trying to get ready for a breakout um they're not quite ready just yet uh aiko hasegawa on the other hand is just continuing to crack down on the rest of gotham's gangs um with tomcat along for the ride and as she continues to do so has a little run in with the queen of hearts who are trying to stop catwoman's pursuit uh for cleaning up the uh we're cleaning up the, the, the mob-connected areas of Gotham City. Uh, but unfortunately, for the Queen of Hearts, Catwoman, at least Aiko as Catwoman, gets the upper hand on her and sends her ass up the river to the pen where she has a rather unpleasant meeting with one Selina Kyle, who upon seeing her decides that the prison break is going to have to wait. Things have changed. Um, I definitely enjoyed this issue a little bit more than the last one. I, I've been enjoying the prison arc so far, but I thought the last issue took a little bit of a dip. But I think the the focus more on, on Ico's pursuits as, as Catwoman was really nice to just have. Uh, but also seeing Selena kind of in the mentor role with some of these um, these uh, some of them are forgotten villains in uh, in prison, but some of them are just new characters. But it's nice seeing Selena take on the role of a teacher, and I think she even mentions in the issue that she kind of enjoys that role. And it's like, yeah, it's you know, it makes sense that she would. I mean, she was we saw her kind of being a mentor to the Strays not so long ago, and Rom V's run, um, and uh, you know, obviously she had kind of the mentor mentee relationship with Holly, so. She's always kind of occupied that that role of a teacher, so it's nice to see that continue. Um, but yeah, no, just a, a solid issue, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how their their breakout plans have changed, and you know what kind of drastic action they're gonna have to take now that the Queen of Hearts is in prison uh, with them. So this one got an eight out of ten for me. Yeah, Hell solid yeah, issue, honestly. Uh, another great one with great art. I felt and moving the story along nicely. It's having both sides of Catwoman between Aiko and Selena simultaneously having their own stories. I think is a fantastic um, way to go about it. And I agree, like seeing Selena in that mentor role with like everybody she comes across, uh, especially with the, this group of of uh, characters in prison. It's a fantastic role for her. It's really good to see. Eight point seven five out of ten. I think it was a, I think it was a really really qu quick read, but a, but a really really good one. Um, I think it looked great too. Selena's little army is now official. She's lost the defeatist attitude, um, but what she's going to do now that the Queen of Hearts is showing up is she's still going to take everybody and break out of jail, or is she going to stay in jail and fuck with the Queen, and. Uh, that head scratcher has got me itching to read the next issue for sure. I um, I'm gonna give this one an eight out of ten. Right on. And with that, that is our spot or not spotlight. That's our quick bite section for the week. And now we are getting into our spotlight section of the week, shining a light onto a book that 
usually shines a light on other things, but now we're giving it back to them. It's GCPD, the blue wall number six. Not our typical uh, numbering or type of book to go into our spotlight section, but we figured this is the last issue of the run, and it is well-deserved to get its own spotlight. So we are giving it just that. This is written by John Ridley with art from Stefano Raffaele, with colors from Brad Anderson, letters from Ariana Maher, and a gorgeous cover from Reiko Murakami. The tale of the rogue GCPD officer is coming to a close, and Renee is not dealing well with everything falling apart around her. After her brother and his fiance being shot and killed by Officer Danny Ortega, uh, she's kind of turned to the bottle and not been great <coughs> with it, especially with you know officers all over the place just disobeying orders and 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 trying to run around being scared and being angry and she doesn't know how to deal with this <laughs> she's going through some shit uh so she decides to investigate things herself seeing as answers are coming up unanswered or um there no answers are being found is what i mean to say uh, she discovers a lead that was potentially missed and finds ortega herself and after uh, locating his whereabouts, she goes in alone to talk him down and ends up succeeding. Uh, they have a brief uh, back and forth over the going-ons in the departments and all the, the people that were let down. Uh, but she does, as I said, talk him down and he goes willingly to be arrested. And with that nightmare finally over, Renee and the GCPD begin to pick up the pieces left behind and hope to rebuild it into something better. Uh, oh, I actually forgot to write down my actual notes for this. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, oh, no. solid run. Uh, great issue. <clears throat> very, very good six-issue series. Uh, feels like, when you're reading it, it feels like you're watching a procedural police drama with just like twists and turns out the ass like an hbo series is fucking fantastic um god yeah i could just sing praises about this forever uh it looks great the covers were fantastic the story was fascinating and it put renee through the ringer i gotta say put a lot of people through the ringer uh, especially with their their three new characters uh in sam danny and i forget the the other guy's name um but Renee oh, seriously Eric. just yeah. Eric, Eric, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric, or sorry, Renee just got put through the ringer with this, and even knowing all the the shit she's been through, and 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 knowing her history with the GCPD and her her time as the question and whatnot, I mm -hmm. I the one issue I have with this is just how she handled the the execution i'll say of her brother and his fiance like she was clearly distraught by it but there was never a moment and i was expecting it i guess a moment of her just breaking down and i guess she she had some alcohol and that that really is like a breaking point for her but there was never as far as i remember never a moment of her just like losing her shit and bawling her eyes out and running was... away like I may be misremembering, but I think there was like a brief moment in the fifth issue where she had like a moment where she's like watching the TV and she's like, oh, I can't, I can't go on or I can't do it or something like that. I'll try and yeah. find it if I can. But I think, I think there was one, um, but it yeah. was, yeah, it was very brief. You know, we didn't get to see her process it at length. 
Fair enough, yeah. Like that's I think that's something I would have liked to see. That's the only thing I could think of that might that at least for me could have elevated the story a little bit more. <clears throat> but there is I it's it's not necessarily a something that I think was also necessary because the story, as I said, was fantastic. Nine point five out of ten for this issue. I'm gonna give the whole run and I know we're not we don't typically do this, but the whole run I'll give a nine point seven five. It's it's well worth it. And already these yeah, these no. new officers are showing up in other books. I think it was Detective Comics recently that Eric uh, was mentioned. Yeah, it was mentioned. Be brought in. Um, yeah, yeah. So there will be some continuity, which is is always really fun seeing. Yeah, it, it, yeah it reminds me. Uh, well, I'll get into some of the comparisons with Gotham Central, which I think is somewhat warranted, but also not warranted because. I think this book approaches it very different. But yeah, it's fun seeing the continuity between this book and, and other books. Yes, it is. And uh, it is all wrapped up now. Um, what ride these six issues have been, man? It's, you know, like like you guys were saying, it's it's been a hell of a story. I've loved every minute of it. Well, reading it, the story itself is a pretty grim one. But uh, damn, it's good. Uh, Stefano Raffaele's art is uh, just fantastic, really, really good. Um, the exact kind of art that this book needs. Um, I really hope that this gets a sequel somewhere down the line with a different story, different characters. I think that would be cool to see Ridley do something like that. It was such a great book. I gave this a 9 out of 10. Yeah, this was a, a solid way to, to wrap it up. I'm a little sad because I do feel like for as, as complete of a story this was, it very well could have been, you know, the start of, a, of an ongoing series that really just focused on uh, ground level problems in the GCPD. And I think uh, that's sort of where the, the difference between this book and Gotham Central fits in with me. And I think I really got it with this issue because um, for for as much as, as the two are similar, I think in a lot of ways they're very different. Um Especially given that, you know, Gotham Central was really focused on the street-level perspective of tackling the, the crazy villains like a Mad Hatter or a Freeze or, um, you know, Two-Face or something like that. But this was really just, you know, I mean, a rogue officer and sort of how do you deal with that. Um, and in fact, I think aside from Two-Face, we didn't see any of the regular Batman rogues in here. And more importantly, we didn't see Batman in this entire series. Um, so it's really just looking at the GCPD and how the department functions, which I think is, has been a really great way to differentiate this series from other uh, books that have focused on the GCPD in the past. But yeah, no, it was just a, a solid way to wrap it up, even though I feel like it, it very well could have continued and this could have just been a, a first arc that progressed into, into further arcs um, for, a, for a continuing series. Um, and uh, one final thing, and I thought it was just a really nice callback uh, when Renee at the end is is talking to the woman who potentially may be a new love interest um, for her, she mentions that she was thinking about naming her dog Charlie or Chris, and I'm I'm blanking on the Charlie part. Uh, well, no, actually, I think Charlie is. It might be referencing question Big Sage, um, but mm, she mentions yeah. Charlie and Chris, um, and the way that Chris is spelled, I think, is exactly the way that Chris Allen, her old partner from Gotham Central, um, is spelled. And oh, I thought that yeah. was a really nice callback. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah. It's it's good to see that, uh, you know, that's, that's still 
uh, an important relationship in her life, um, even though Chris has, has been dead for a while now. So, yeah, yeah really, really yeah, solid yeah. wrap up. That's a nice. Yeah, story. yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's fun to see. Um, well, as fun as a horrible death at the hands of your fellow GCPD officer uh, can be. But I digress. That's not the point. Uh, the point is, this was a solid wrap up, uh, and I would give this an eight point five out of ten. Well, hell yeah. Oh yeah, Josh, you did give yours. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go, but I forget. Yeah, you did give yours. I certainly right did. Yeah. Yeah. So GCPD, the blue wall. It's a shame to see you go. Um, it's a quote, an amazing movie. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially Maybe. the message, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the mantra of this book, and I finished early, <laughs> so what can I say? All right, with that, we are going to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned. And we're back. Sun is in my eyes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, thanks for sticking without a robot while I try and shield myself from the powerful, harmful rays of the sunlight. Holy crap. Well, your future bright. must be bright. That or I'm uh, not a Kryptonian. I guess I'm what just not a Kryptonian. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, it's true what they say, kids. Don't stare into the sun. It'll hurt your eyes. No. Unless you're Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so scary. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the one thing you learn about eclipses is you need to neither not look at them or wear special glasses. <laughs> This motherfucker uses his hand. <laughs> That's nice. hilarious. Yeah. It's a beautiful oh, thing. Man. Yeah. God, All right. It's, it's stories of that with presidents that I miss. <laughs> Not insurrections and legal bullshit. Just stupid moments. I miss. I, that's what I miss about the Daily Show. <laughs> And George W. Bush is the stupid moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still watch right. the Daily Show. I I haven't watched it in ages. Trevor Noah's gone Trevor, now. Yeah. They have uh, every every week they change the host. Yeah, I think they should just give it to Hassan Minaj though. I haven't watched the episode he Hassan hosted, Minaj but... was awesome. Yeah, he's a great. I want Hassan Minaj guy. or Jordan Klepper, one of the two. That'd be good. I'm not. I'm not familiar with who, what was the name. Jordan Klepper. Jordan Klepper. He's the one that does the fingers, the pulse bits. Oh yeah. Where he goes out, uh, generally speaking, interviewing the Trump supporters and and people doing oh, stupid things. Oh yeah. Right. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Hassan Minaj would be a great addition, though. I've I watched every episode of his Netflix series. Um, sometimes twice he's he's, he's got a, a good feel for the stuff Hassan Minaj's uh, delivery is just fucking flawless oh yeah that that's yeah. what makes him just great 
But all right, before yeah. we yeah do that yeah enough. About if you didn't watch him on the Daily books. Show, you should. <laughs> it was pretty good. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. As for the books, now we're getting into our full dive reviews for the week, starting with Nightwing number one hundred and two, and that's being handed on over to Josh. And I will receive it gladly. Um, so first part of the issue, the book in general, Brandon's probably going to have to help me out here because in the main story, there are no credits. There is no credits page or anything, but I'm going to go with written by Tom Taylor, art by Travis Moore and colors by Adriano Lucas. Yes. Okay. Um, no letterer named and I do not recognize the signature on the cover. Do you know who that is, Brandon? That's Bruno Redonda, dude. Yeah, so I didn't recognize the signature. <laughs> I'm looking at his uh, art, not his yeah. letters. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I would have thought with all the issues we've had with Bruno Redonda, you'd recognize it by now. That is, that is, a, that is a, it's a, his damn art is too good. Haven't yeah, I, would, I, thought, I thought I like. thought that would have been a, a dead giveaway. Redondo it is. Such a talent. But all right. Um, so the story. Nightwing starts out locked in a drawer in the morgue. Fun times. He breaks out, calls Oracle to call in the Titans, gets a ride from Cyborg via Boom Tube. Boom Tube. And goes to find Olivia, Blockbuster's daughter the little girl that they've been working to save. The shapeshifter, the grinning man, he's trying to kidnap Olivia by looking like Nightwing uh, and fake rescuing her. When everybody gets there, they find Gar knocked out, but the rest take on the shapeshifter. Nightwing is up first, who is able to convince Olivia that he's the real one by telling her the dog's name. Olivia then punches the grinning man, gives him a really good clobber, he goes flying, but then he grabs her and flies up, up, and away. Starboard, starboard. My God, <laughs> I thought uh, Gar and Cyborg had enough Titans fusions for yeah, one no, decade. That's fucking right. <laughs> no, not at all. Starfire, Cyborg, and Raven meet him in the sky, so he throws Olivia like really far to try and get away. And none of them go after her, uh, telling the grinning man no when he asks if they're going to go save her. And he's just like, nope, and don't explain it. Uh, that page had people asking questions in our Discord. <laughs> um, but they didn't fly off because Donna Troy was ready to catch her. Starfire and Cyborg blast the grinning man to the ground, and the Flash socks him right in the face for good measure. They tie him to a chair. Donna wraps the rope of persuasion around him, and he spills the beans. Well, I mean, what he can. Neron wants the girl, and that's basically all that he knows. The shapeshifter then gives a little bit of a backstory. Apparently, he was a really bad criminal. Not like a real bad criminal, but like really bad at being a criminal. Uh, so he sold his soul to Neron in exchange for being a master of disguise, being able to fly, and for something to put a smile on his face. Now all he has is 
a smile for uh, that's on his face. The rest of it is blank. He can fly, and he's a shapeshifter. So I guess technically he got what he asked for. Anyway, it looks like the Titans realize that Blockbuster sold his daughter, sold Neron as well, and Dick wants to see the contract. So they decide to break into the underworld and Neron's filing cabinet. Uh, that sounds like a joke, but it is actually said in the book. Also said in here, they dub what they are about to do with an official name, Hell Heist. Uh, it's uh, it's it's damn good. It's 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 damn good. Uh, the story arc is much faster in pace than the previous one, and the story itself is great. Uh, Raven has a bad attitude. This is a sensitive spot for her. Uh, demon messing with a little girl. I like that Wally showed up. He's Titans, not JL, and they worked that in, which is awesome. The whole breaking into a filing cabinet thing is a little silly, as is dubbing the name, but um, it's a funny, enjoyable silly, not one that gets under your nerves. And more, though mm. not Rodondo. Um, man, he shines in this issue. But uh, for the first part, I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. Uh, I, I gotta be honest, as much as I love Bruno Redondo's art, Bruno Redondo, oh my god, I screwed it up. As much as I love <laughs> Travis Moore's art on this, and it is great, and this was a, a fun issue, I gotta be honest, I, I don't really love that premise of them going to hell to break into Neron's filing cabinet, because it really doesn't make any sense. I mean, what exactly are they planning to do? Are they gonna, if there's a hitch in the contract, are they gonna go to Neron and be like, hey... You can't do this. He's just going to burn the contract no, and be like, fuck off. He's the Lord of Hell. Gonna, if, he, if, if he burns the contract, then the contract is null and void. But see, what they're going to do is they're going to holler into another dimension and have Matt Murdock take a look at the contract. And oh, then he's going to deal yeah. with Neron. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Except it won't be Matt Murdock. It'll be Black or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. It'll be the the DC equivalent of, of Matt Murdock on uh, Earth, <laughs> whatever the Marvel Earth is, the one where they have the uh, Crusaders. Anyway, I, uh, I yeah, I don't I know. I just beat. yeah, um, this, this premise is just it just seems so silly and kind of pointless to be honest. I mean, I understand the purpose of it, but I'm I don't know. I'm kind of just like, what what is going on? Why are you doing this? Like. Is there is there really no other way that you could take on Neron? Um, so yeah, I gotta be honest. For as much as I love the art, and the action was fun. I I just I don't like where the story is heading. Um, so I had to give this one a seven point two five out of ten. Yeah. Hey Titans, when you break into the filing cabinet, don't forget <laughs> my stapler. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That photocopier is from hell. <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> Makes me so I'm happy. Which one of you guys got that? I I can hear Neron with that voice. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to ask you to flay those demons a little later tonight. Yeah, I'm just gonna ask uh, you on Saturday, gay. On Saturday, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's <was> fantastic movie. <laughs> 
fantastic movie. I showed Angela clips of it uh, last week because she works in an in an office, and I showed her the the opening scene in traffic of him swapping lanes. And just like fuck, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, great movie, uh, Brandon. If if you haven't watched it, watch Office Space. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I have to I have to check it out. Yeah. Oh, you've never it's seen fantastic. Office Space? I have not. Oh, you. Uh, that, like, this what, is definitely a movie you gotta check I out. Think? It's oh, yeah. it's an old one, but damn, it's good, yeah. dude. It's so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's it doesn't uh, really like judge one. It's not, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really age. I think it. There's nothing that really dates it, from what I remember. Um, it's just not like, really, other than common, the fact that there's characters. basic porn, yeah. scrambled channels, and basic. <laughs> yeah, if you, scrambled if you have channels that and basic cable. The, that's what I meant to 90s, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, then yeah, then you you'll easily enjoy enjoy the rest. It's uh, <laughs> it's a heck of a heck of a film. Uh, what yeah. were we talking about? Nightwing? Yeah. <laughs> Nightwing. Nightwing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Right. Did, did you both give your reviews at this point? So you're just waiting on me now? Yes. Yeah. I said 7.25. Okay. Right. Okay. So I really liked it. Great issue. I think it feels right at home. I wasn't sold last issue on the concept of the Titans just kind of being there, even though it makes sense with what's going on in the DC universe right now. I really didn't like the fact that the Nightwing solo title was essentially a Titans title. Uh, but I don't know this one. I just kind of liked a bit more. It's still wholly a Nightwing book and the Titans just guest starring. Uh, if only for the story arc until Taylor gets, his own Titans book off the ground, which is coming soon. So yeah, I'll let us slide for this one story. It's going to happen. Uh, I, I, I can't complain about this and then not complain about the fact that the Batman Superman book has a different guest character, every story arc as well. So <laughs> I thought there was an entire issue devoted to just Robin and Supergirl, not Batman and Superman. So I can't complain. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I, I I, I liked it a lot more is uh, the, the humor was really well placed and I think well needed at times, especially when you're going, going up against a demon, that page of the grinning man, just throwing the, the girl is I've seen it like five times in the past two days, all over the internet <laughs> of people just asking what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> Why is Nightwing flying? Why is he trying to kill a little girl? Why is no one saving her? Because everybody who posts that, one page and nobody posts the next right. one yeah <laughs> they, and all you get they just is, like the out of context uh, panels Nightwing can fly and uh what yeah. the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's certainly interesting um did you both talk about the backup yeah because i for, i did read Not it but yet. i forgot there was a backup okay no. all right yeah. so i won't get into that just yet because I, I completely forgot there was one and yeah. Uh, until just now um all right grinning so, man is creepy while also kind of mm-hmm. dumb at the same time but yeah it's neither here nor there all in all 8.75 out of 10 for the story 
All right, and on to the backup. This one has the credits. So, Night at the Circus Part 2, featuring Nightwing and Superman. Are we looking at a new world's finest? Mm-hmm. Not while uh, Mark Wade's penning that old one. Written by C.S. Paquette, pencils Eduardo Pensica, inks Julio Ferreira, colors Adriano Lucas, and letters from Wes Abbott. Nightwing and Superman are at the circus after the trapeze accident where the trapeze artist mom and her son just fell from cut ropes. Superman asks to help and Nightwing lets him, guiding him through what to look for, like kind of teaching him how to analyze a crime scene. They track down lead after lead and come up with nothing except that no one messed with the ropes, just that it was cut with a serrated knife which John finds buried in the sand without fingerprints. So they've investigated everyone except one person, and Nightwing is convinced that he's figured it out. He calls them in to where Superman and him, uh, where, uh, he calls them in to where him and Superman are, and he asks her, why did you cut your own rope? Nightwing thinks it was the mom. Continued next month in the back pages of Nightwing. Uh, so... This isn't a, uh, it's not a meaty story, but it's a pretty good one for a backup. And I I feel like maybe the point of it is building the Nightwing and Super John relationship with Dick Mentoring John. And um, I like it. I like the art too, but John's hair was uh, crazy in almost every panel. And that first panel of John was atrocious. Uh, it didn't even look like him at all. It looked like someone cosplaying at him and not doing a good job. But other than that, it wasn't bad for a backup. Um, I gave the backup a 7 out of 10. So the whole book, uh, I'll give an 8. 8 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for the backup. 8.75 for the for the main story. 8 out of 10 altogether. The backup for me is really where it shined because seeing Dick as as the mentor has been really great so far. And this just felt like a much more kind of grounded mystery. Also, just seeing Dick kind of get back to his circus roots is, is still really fun um, and intercut with some of the flashbacks of his own lessons from Batman. To me, this was just like that was much more appealing than I we need to break into into Neron's filing cabinet, which sounds like a robot chicken bit. Um, so for me, that was like, all right, cool. Let's see where this goes. Um, so this one got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. So routing the whole thing out, it's probably like a 7.75. You heard it here first, folks. Tom Taylor is just a pseudonym for Seth Green. For Seth Green. He's actually oh, the one shadow writing Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be wild. <laughs> yeah. Seth Green has been in so much stuff, it actually makes my head spin sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like, I he's, legitimately he's forget. Everywhere. He was. There was a time where this man was in Buffy and fucking Austin yep. Powers. Yep, what? At the same time. <laughs> what, what is the connection there? <laughs> How do you go from being Oz to being Dr. Evil's son? Was his name Scott or something like that? I don't remember. Yeah. Yep, Scott it Evil. It's just that's. It's so funny. Scott. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Scott. No. <laughs> Zip it. Anyway. The, the point of this I is, is that Seth Green is everywhere. And he's, he's yeah. awesome. 
And then after that, he did uh, without a paddle, and his career yeah. kind of stalled out for a couple of years. <laughs> is he still? Is Roman running anymore? I actually have no idea. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think it is. They might do like the odd special here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And he did Rat Race too, which I always forget he was in. But there was so many huh. friggin' people in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Your your silence makes me feel like you don't know what Rat Race is. I do not know what Rat Race is. Oh God, I feel old. Josh, uh, tell me you remember Rat Race. I know it's like C tier movie in terms of Hollywood. Rat Race, yeah. Josh, please don't. No, it sounds like a parody movie. I don't know what you're talking about. You know? Oh man, it's it's a really dumb movie. Uh, from I want to say 1998 or 2000 or something like around that time, and it just had a a huge cast of of uh, comedy actors at the time. Uh, John Lovitz, Seth Green. Um, ah, uh, what's his name that played uh, Mr. Cuba Bean? Gooding Jr. and Whoopi Cuba Goldberg. Jr. What the hell? Yeah, Wayne John Knight. <laughs> oh, now I really want to watch this so movie. So many people. It's oh my god, honestly, Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Mr. Yeah, his Bean? he is fantastic in that movie. Let me tell wow. you, it's <laughs> awesome. He I definitely gotta watch does this. His best work since Mr. Bean in that movie. <laughs> oh my god, this is great. Yeah. Well, I um, love this premise. Yeah, it's it's honestly full of stupid moments and moments that'll just make you like roll your eyes and like why would this happen? There's no possible <laughs> oh way. God. But it's so much yeah. fun. Every time it's on TV, I just have to watch it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I watch this tonight. The, the looks, cast this looks is entertaining. Stacked. Amy Smart. <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, it's so good. And I think the the kids who played John Lovett's children, I think, I can't remember, but I think they were in things later. So they, I think they were like, mm-hmm. they're actors you might recognize uh, okay. from when they were kids that, like, if you, I think they were in movies later on down the road when they were older. Huh. Yeah. And it was just a solid, solid cast. But that's enough about that. The backup <laughs> of Nightwing. Um <laughs> I, I didn't even catch that at first, Josh, when you mentioned uh, that that first page of the backup with John's face. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was a little little off. But the rest of the backup, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think it's a, a, a cool story. I agree with Brandon. It's it's cool to see Dick be that mentor to John. And I really like seeing those kind of flashbacks of, of in, in Dick's mind just comparing his own mentorship to how Bruce trained him. It was really cool to see and how he's he's following the same style but also changing it up so it fits more his own um his own suit instead of how Bruce did everything because let's face it Bruce as much as he is quite adept at training people he's not really the greatest mentor. <laughs> so yeah. in terms of no, caring, he's still better than Green Arrow. Yeah. Yeah, gotta gotta agree with you there. And Aquaman. Even at his worst, he never left Dick. He just kicked him out of the house when he turned eighteen. But like most parents do that, so yeah. it's fine. I, I thought I thought Dick was the one that left. Or was that just in Did he I, the I forget. Series? They they edit it sometimes where it's like you're fired yeah. and then sometimes he's yeah. like, I'm leaving. It just depends, yeah. I guess. 
continuity changes. Yeah, we all know how yeah. that is. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the score stays the same for me for the whole book. 8.75. Uh, solid issue, I think. Nice. Well, speaking right, of Titans, to... I think yeah. we have another Titan that we uh, need yes. to cover this week. Yeah, we, we are speeding on over to see where the war is headed with the One Minute War Part 6. I believe it is. Yes, Part 6. Yes. Uh, that is with The Flash, number 795, written by Jeremy Adams, with art by a lot of people. Pencils from Roger Cruz, George Kamadias, and Fernando Pazarin, with inks from Wellington DS. Again, George Kamadias and Claire Alberts, and colors from Luis Guerrero and Matt Herms. With letters by only Robley. Because these letters, man, they, they do some damn work. Every no matter how big the book is, they do the whole thing themselves. That's impressive. It's true. Even through like Tom King and Bendis and like any other writer that just writes scripts upon scripts of dialogue. I think letters don't get enough of a rep. But that's just me. Oh, yeah. It's a hard gig. Yeah. You have some people who are just, I mean, you know, they do their standard job. And then you have, you know, some people like, uh, oh, my God, I always forget his full name. But I just know him as Hassan because he does strip panel naked. But Hassan Otsman Elhow, I think, is his full name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Otsmani. He's like Otsmani. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's just like a wizard with this stuff. I mean, just really Mm -hmm. expressive. Clayton Cowles, too, is one of my favorites. Yeah. Tom Morzachowski is like a classic 80s letter. He did a lot of the X-Men stuff, and his is like oh, yeah. etched into my mind. Whenever I think classic X-Men, he's my go-to. Yeah, solid stuff. Um, yeah, so as for The Flash, here we are. Uh, we open with Jesse Quick, uh doing a quick costume change and i thought this was kind of funny because i think it was last week uh with jsa we were talking about, about liberty Bell. Yeah. yeah that's really funny. here she is here she <laughs> back is. as liberty bell um and yeah. we got confirmation Which... on her power set because as much as she can speed around she also uh uses the powers of her mother with super strength uh, which we see later on in this issue. So the Flash family, or uh, I will say kind of somberly, what's left of it, uh, is <clears throat> regrouping uh, about two miles from the center of the tower. And Barry's plan is simply to run towards it. <laughs> There's a bit more involved, but that's basically what they're doing. Uh, and as we see scattered throughout the issue, you get a bit more information about his plan uh, because there are some flashbacks to what they were talking about earlier in the day uh, where Barry goes over his somewhat complicated plan. Uh, so it is kind of back and forth. It's not time travel, technically, from what we initially thought, but it is uh, slightly more complicated. He factor He figures that the speed force... Uh, surrounding the earth is kind of concentrated towards central city where the fraction and all the flash family are because they are conduits and their bodies absorb the speed force energy into them then the speed force energy will be naturally attracted to this point therefore if they use the speed force in a group fashion uh, being all together there will be a massive concentration of speed force energy around them which 
using that will also, uh, uh, I believe it was a, a friction force or friction shield, I believe Barry called it, uh, will protect them from any potential dangers that uh, may come along the two-mile race towards the tower, which it does as they begin running. The fractions send out some ships to try and shoot them down, but the lasers do get stopped by this friction shield. And they run headfirst towards the wall. The fraction think there's no way they can get past it, but that's where Jesse comes in as the Liberty Bell once again uh, uses the super strength gained from her mother to knock a hole in the wall. And then together the plan is to run to the tower and supercharge it, uh, which will overload the uh, speed force... Con uh, what would you call them? Speed Force. Uh, I guess I want to say conduits. conduits to, yeah, basically like, the the I suits mean, the suits they, they wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they are wear. essentially like Speed Force conduits. They're using the, yeah. the tower as like a reception. Yeah, um, which will overload the the suits and and uh, basically uh, protect the speedsters, the Flash family themselves, but send the fraction far, far away, back in time, as if this never happened at all. Uh, I don't quite understand the science behind it, but as we used to say on the Flash TV subreddit, Speed Force ain't gotta explain shit, so we're just gonna go with it, because, let's face it, Speed it Science is completely theoretical, and there's only, like, two people yes. that know how it works. And one of them is Barry Allen, and he never really explains shit. So <laughs> we're just gonna go with it. Uh, I still dig it, though. I think it's interesting. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, meanwhile, inside, Jay has escaped, and he has a really big gun. Uh, essentially the BFG from Doom, because uh, <laughs> goddamn, he needs it. <clears throat> and using his ninja-like prowess from World War II, uh, which, thinking about it now, did he really need stealth skills as the Flash? If you're the fastest man alive, you kind of don't need it, but yeah. you never know when you might be depowered. You know, it's, exactly. it's useful to have in your back pocket. Yeah. I guess when you're in a war, you kind of just got to have all the skill sets. Uh, and exactly. he certainly does, where he is skulking around the base, taking out what troops he can before he comes across the Flash family, which uh, drill tornado themselves underground before they got completely blasted away because their plan did not come completely to fruition. While they did get inside the Fraction Tower base, they did not get to overload the tower directly, and their plan now is to go underground and make their way to the tower from inside. Except the Fraction have met up with them in full force, uh, including uh, Mother Nightmare. I don't remember her name now. That creepy, like... Alien oh, was woman, man. yeah, Miss Fear or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. She's also Miss there. Miss Murder, Miss Murder. Miss was Murder. Oh yeah, Miss Murder. Yeah, it was Miss, Miss Murder. Murder. I was thinking like that, yeah. AFI is gonna sue. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah, I can't <laughs> afford that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they all band together. The Flash family is ready for a fight. Um, even though they know it's potentially a lost cause because the Fraction are well-armed until Barry sees Jay in a corner with his laser ready to go. And as Barry gives the call to fight, Jay comes out, guns a-blazing, and the Flash family take out the Fraction one by one uh, with 
the mysterious conduit that's Jay, not Jay, um, wow, <laughs> Ace and Bart's uh, saved from the Fraction base earlier, uh, protecting Linda from a laser blast, which gave me questions. Um, and the Fraction are slowly getting the upper hand uh, where Barry is being tossed around by the general who I do not believe has been named yet, at least not that I remember. Uh, and he's saying, there's no one left to save you. It's game over. And that's the issue. Nothing else happened. <laughs> yep. That's it. That was the end. That's the end. Uh... So what did you think? Yeah, uh... Josh, what do you think? <laughs> oh, wait, that's right. Uh... There was two more pages. <laughs> Wally's alive. Hey, we yeah, all kind of yeah, knew it was happening. Yeah, yeah. not really. Um, but it's still cool to see. And this is where the massive amounts of artists come in because in these two pages, um, you get so much gorgeous artwork and it is different artists. Uh, <clears throat> it's great to see. Uh, I just want to go back into the issue for a second because I feel like I missed something. Oh, yeah. So that kind of is a mood point because Barry was convinced that even if they do uh, send the fraction back in time, it does not mean that Wally will come back to life as he confides in Linda this information uh, because Wally is um, a bit bigger connection to the Speed Force and more of a temporal being at this point. So time travel will not necessarily save him. Yet we know now that that is not necessarily the case because he isn't really dead. Uh, he is elsewhere, or better yet, else when, if you will. He wakes up on an unknown planet where he sees a caveman and a dinosaur. And then Gold Beetle is there, uh, uh, giving him a big, bright smile. Uh, and he's confused because he was just fighting the Fraction, but now he wakes up on Planet Flash, surrounded by not just Gold Beetle, but also Blue Jay, Citizen Steel, Tattooed Man, Kid Commander Devil. Commander Steel. Commander, I uh, wasn't sure which one that is. They have the same costume. Uh, Lagoon Boy, among many others. And if any of those names sound familiar... It should, because they were all in a little book that tried called Heroes in Crisis. They and tried, not just but any they heroes. failed so hard. Not just, not just any characters in Heroes in Crisis, but all the characters that Wally killed in Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> they are all present on and Planet but how? Flash. How can this be? I don't know. Yeah. And I really want to know. How do we find out? Josh, because do you know? I don't know. Stay tuned next week for your next episode of Flash and the conclusion of the One Minute War. Oh man, I can't wait. We shall shall see. Yeah. I, when I read it, I jumped right onto Discord and had to just say, holy shit, that last page of the Flash. While it took me a minute to realize what the fuck I was looking at, when I realized it, holy crap, my jaw dropped. And I know Brandon, you yeah, had a similar was... effect. <laughs> yeah, Not I'd, uh, I had to kind of sit on that for a while, given that I'd, I'd read Flash a little in advance. And the moment I saw Blue Jay, I was like, "No fucking way!" Um, so yeah. that was that was quite a surprise. Yeah. And also a new suit. I mean, for you kind of know too. that it looks more metallic. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it might be. I'm not. I don't remember exactly what he was wearing, but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you always kind of expect that characters will come back, but I think with these characters, given that they were so kind of minor, um, maybe with the exception of, um, you know, Roy Harper and, and Poison Ivy, who also died, but they came back. Uh, but I, I kind of expected most of these characters to, you know, remain dead for a while, but, uh, but no, here they are and uh, may potentially be making their grand return sometime soon. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, God damn, Jeremy Adams! Why did you have to be taken off the book? Because <laughs> if there's oh, one crying. person, if there's there's one person yeah, that could have actually crying. made Heroes in Crisis at least the 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 B plot to the story, and yes, I am going to call that the B plot because the A plot was a lot more interesting. <laughs> um, that made the B plot kind of mean something it's it, it's freaking jeremy adams man it's twice now he's gone back to that story and the dark times for wally west and he made them not not cool but like exciting in a way like interesting like holy shit this actually like has a purpose now and not just the dio wanting to shit all over our dreams so yeah i'm, I'm happy that do. this is this he is definitely want to do um uh, yeah, this issue action-packed and a thrill ride, as has been the entire story arc. Uh, holy shit, that last page was my next note. What does this mean? Question mark exclamation point was my last note. <laughs> so I'm, just, I, I'm patiently, fervently, excitedly, hurriedly waiting for next Tuesday when number seven ninety six comes. Out. It is next week, right? Tell me it's next week. Yeah, uh, it's been a weekly yeah. run. <laughs> It's not unfortunately oh, no. not until uh, no. I believe I want to say the fifth. Uh, I'm April fifth right now. Yeah. April fourth. Yeah, so two weeks yeah, from April now, fourth. we get okay. the finale. Son yeah. of a bitch. I know. I know. <laughs> but we get two yeah, issues of the Flash next month, so it's not completely gone back to monthly until. June. <coughs> yeah. May has two. And then June, we get 800. Yeah. So, god damn it. <laughs> I was really looking yeah, forward to next yeah, week. It sucks. Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah, now this this is a hell of an issue. It's been a hell of a story. It's been a hell of a run. I, I don't want it to end. But as, as we say, all great things must come to an end. At some point, um, but why? Gosh. Why do they why? have to end? Why? 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 God damn! Nine point two five out of ten for this issue. Dare I say even a nine point five? Because <laughs> of all the excitement we have yeah. right now. But I've got to stick to my nine point two five. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, this I'll, one got I'll, a, I'll quote a very... you nine point two five, nine point five on a good day. <laughs> oh God throwback oh yeah <laughs> i i would i would have to agree with you there this one got a i'm just gonna say it right up front got a nine for me i'm, I'm still loving this story so much and even if the like i don't even know all of the science behind it the whole like we're gonna use the speed force thing to make it so that this whole thing never happened i don't understand that but also i don't really care um because this is one of those stories where the story is good and it's solid and you're you're excited to see what happens next but really it's to to quote our, our dear friend vin diesel who i know listens to the show it's about family 
Um, and really, this this <laughs> whole arc has just been highlighting the importance family. of the Flash family, especially in a in a time of crisis. And that whole opening monologue with Jesse was just uh, amazing. Um, as, as she's like, you know, we don't we don't need Jesse quick. We need Liberty Bell. And I was like, oh, what yeah. a great way to bring that in. Um, so yeah, yeah, was, just just excellent stuff. Yeah, the the only disappointing thing I had was that last month, you know, we had that beautiful splash page with Jay. Where he's like, ah, oh, let's show him what Jay Garrick can do. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. We're going to get a solo yeah. Jay Garrick issue, you know, two weeks from now. And he's going to kick ass and just like completely decimate the fraction. And it implies that he does, but we didn't get to see it. And I was kind of bummed by that because I really wanted to see Jay just go to town and be like, yeah, I'm the fucking man. Um, but uh, but sadly, we were, we were not graced with that. But aside from that, really great issue and uh, looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up. The last page, a lot of implications there. I don't even know where to start, but we've kind of talked about that uh, quite a bit. So really, we just have to wait and see how they pull that back into the main story. But yeah, no, nine out of ten for me. And and um, as a final I, point, the the endearing friendship between Impulse and Wally continues to be, or Wallace continues to be one of the best parts of this arc. Oh yeah. Again with that bug theory. Again with the bugs. <laughs> Yeah, let it go. The whole bug thing had me worried that their plan wasn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Impulse could swallow a bug like... if he really wanted to. Yeah. You just you just have to you see just, it for yourself. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't want to do it right <laughs> see now. See it. But he could do it if he wanted it. But um, I can't really say much without repeating everything that you guys said. It looks great. It reads great. And... um. I'll be damned. I, 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 I need that next issue, man. I gave it an eight point. Uh, I gave it an eight point five. I'm gonna give it back, but bump it up a little bit to an eight point seven five. Right on. All right. With that, we move on. Well, I'll say we'll fly on over to our last book of the week. Uh, don't get tripped up with power. It's Superman number two, and it's brought to us by Brandon my pleasure yeah this is a little bit different in the power set but uh the the heroism uh is, is still there i would say um this is superman number two as written by mr joshua williamson with art uh and colors i believe from jamal campbell with the letters from ariana mar this is part two of night of the parasite which i mean just sounds like an awesome b movie that i would totally watch um and uh, the story kind of feels like that too, um, in a very good way. Uh, but this continues our, our parasite story that began towards the end of the last issue, where some strange contagion had affected parasite to the point where his his affliction, I guess you could call it, was spreading throughout Metropolis. Um, and as Superman is facing off against the many parasites that are near him and uh, has gotten drained by them. He looks around to the rest of Metropolis to see just how bad it's gotten, and we get a glorious double-page spread that reveals that it is so much worse than he could have ever imagined. We cut over to a strange cabal somewhere in Metropolis where uh, many of the, I guess, underworld villains of Superman, we're not really clear on, on who all of these people are, um, are talking about what's going on in Metropolis right now um, and sort of this strange use of uh, parasites and also bizarros 
but yes, this, this order of mad scientists, as they call themselves, are, are talking about the future of Metropolis, and specifically uh, one of them, Dr. Farm, who is cutting up the Bizarro right now, uh, wants to remind them that this is all Lex Luthor's fault, uh, and that everything that is going to happen next uh, is Lex Luthor's fault. Uh, but meanwhile, we cut over to Supercorp, where they are under attack from the many parasites, and particularly Mercy Graves is trying to make sure that everyone is safe and, and uh, sound before anything worse can happen. And thankfully, because of the uh, effects of the Lazarus rains, if you recall from the uh, assault on Krypton one-shot, I think it was, uh, Mercy has some powers of her own and is able to thankfully hold off some of the parasites just in time for Superman to arrive and inform her that Luther may have the right idea about this, but uh, he's still kind of hesitant about working with him, given that, well, it's Luther and they have their own history together. But he reaches out to the rest of his family, Superman reaches out to the rest of his family, and uh, John, as well as Kara, are doing their best to try and contain everything, as well as the rest of the super family, uh, and even the super twins, which is nice to see that they're, they are just a, a part of the de facto family right now, even uh, in our, our Superman book as well. Um, but before Clark can go off to try and help, more of the Metropolis citizens, John informs him that he can't hear his mom's heartbeat, and naturally, Clark rushes right over to the Daily Planet to make sure that Lois is okay. But before he can check up on her, he is ambushed by a mysterious figure, one who calls herself Marilyn Moonlight, and is apparently the spirit of Metropolis, someone who doesn't really want to go head-to-head -head with Superman right now, and it's sort of just like, you're in my way, I have a mission. But uh, before Superman could get any answers, she flashes off in a mysterious beam of light, but not before he gets a strange vision of a metropolis of the past, a very Western-looking one. Um, but uh, Superman doesn't have time to reminisce over all the implications of that. He needs to make sure his wife is okay. But in a rather horrifying scene, he finds out that Lois is the furthest thing from okay as she has been infected by the parasite and needs to feed, as well as the rest of the Daily Planet staff, as we see Jimmy and all the others who are working alongside uh, the regular Daily Planet staff have been affected by the parasite. Superman makes his way out, but not before freezing them all, but unfortunately it seems that his luck has run out as Superman 2 has become infected by the Superman, or whoa, has become infected by the parasite infection. Uh, and the next issue promises to see just how much worse this whole parasite infection can get. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm still loving this series. It's so much fun. And this story, well, I know a an infection of parasites might seem silly. I think like this sort of, I don't know, lighthearted, as lighthearted as you can be about a horrifying story with parasites um, is exactly the kind of thing that uh, a big Superman book should be right now. It's not something that's taking itself too seriously, but just putting the, the Man of Steel back into the, these, these classic, you know, uh, simple stories or something like that. I don't know. I don't have the, the right words for it, but um, something that feels kind of true to Superman, and it, it feels like this is uh, that as well. Um, but I think this issue is also kind of interesting because it has a lot of implications for Metropolis's past, which is why I think there's uh, a good deal to talk about related to um, I mean, I don't even know that I would call it retconning Metropolis's history, but it's more like filling in the gaps because 
we sort of get this idea that the the uh, committee of mad scientists or whatever they were calling themselves have really been going after Luther because of his work in Metropolis and his history with Metropolis and that's probably going to touch on uh, Lex's early days in Metropolis and then of course there's the the bigger mystery with Marilyn Moonlight and who this strange new Metropolis vigilante is and her connections to Metropolis's past um, so a lot of interesting stuff here and a lot of uh, new revelations that are, are sure to come soon but I'm I'm all in I'm, uh, I'm really excited and the art uh, continues to be impressive I think definitely better than the first issue uh, I, I complain that uh, some of the panels of Superman looked a little chunky but I think I was just kind of getting my eyes to adjust to, to Jamal Campbell's rendering of Superman but now it feels like it's really kind of settled in so I'm, I'm loving the art now so this one got a 9 out of 10 for me I'm having a great time well that's I... insane <laughs> um, first the art and the colors it looks insanely good I thought Campbell uh, I thought he made it rain success as far as the art goes uh, seriously um, giving Parasite the ability to clone and travel by air that's insane it's a cool idea it could be a decent story it does feel a bit over the top which makes me especially with Williamson at the helm worry that it's going to end disappointedly uh, but the art is so damn good uh, Such I give huge points for that and the fact that uh, this this does sound like it, it could be a really good story. I'm going to give it a... Uh, uh, I'm going to give it a 7.75 out of 10. Damn, fair enough. <laughs> uh, before it, it's we continue. over the top, and I don't see how it could end well without being ridiculous. I... I get where you're coming from with that. And I really, because after reading the Flash run, it, I definitely can see that. Uh, I, I definitely got drawn in by the the uh, the pomp of this story. Like, how, how, how big it is. Uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and, and it is exciting. But you make a good point that, that we've we've been fooled by this before. <laughs> but we'll see. For now, I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's a fantastic story. I, I will see how it ends. Um, not necessarily given the benefit of the doubt, but I'm just going to be cautiously hopeful for now. Uh, before I continue, though, I'm, I'm just flipping through the pages again, just admiring Jamal Campbell's art. And Brandon, I, I didn't catch it the first time, but I don't know if you caught it when they, they show uh, the Parasite clones headed towards Supercorp and there's a, a screen mm-hmm. of uh, Supercorp advertisement. Oh, yeah. There's Superman with a bunch of people and I'm just looking at the art now and that is Superman, the animated series style. Yeah, like, no, to like a to a fault. Just straight yeah, up. It's and that exactly was the, um, the that was the ad they <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was the ad they had in the first issue too, and I was like, oh my god, that's literally just Superman wow. Toss. And honestly, yeah. I gotta say, this this series I think is is doing something else for me, and I hope it does it for you too. But it's actually getting me to to I mentioned it last week. It's getting me to rewatch Superman Toss and realize like how great of a show that was. Because yeah. after I, after I the first issue with Livewire, yeah, no, after the first issue with Livewire yeah. and everything, I was like, ah, oh, I should rewatch that episode. And I ended up like rewatching the entire second season. I think it was. It was great. 
Right on. Yeah, it was honestly a great show. And I've seen some other people yeah. doing that recently, too. Some people for the first time and just yeah. appreciating how yeah. good it is. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. Like, I still, I still have to I, rewatch because like, I got Batman the Animated Series full series on, mm-hmm. on DVD, and yeah. I started to watch that. Um, but I definitely got to go back and watch Superman. And if you're yeah, going to watch it's, them, it's honestly you have underrated. to watch the Batman Superman movie where they teamed up for the of first course. time against Joker and, yeah. and Lex, which, again, Lex, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> awesome fantastic pairing. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's it's the, the Clancy Brown Lex Luthor, which I love. Honestly, yes. it's probably the best one. I know people yes. love Gene Hackman, and he's great, but Clancy Brown, he just, like, he he really brought the businessman to life, which I, I love. Yeah. He's, like, he's so cool and relaxed. He's exactly as Lex should be. He's not, like... You know, Gene Hackman was fun, but he was a little crazy. <laughs> but I think yeah. I think with with Clancy Brown, he's just like he's so calm. You never see him angry. Rarely you see him angry. He's just like, even when he's getting confronted and he knows he's fucked, he's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I got yeah. it. I got the he's best so lawyers cool in town. Connected. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. Zen master. And the 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 subtle yeah. style between Superman toss and Vitas with uh. Oh yeah, they 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 were clearly in the same time period, but Vitas looks mm-hmm. still so noir in nineteen forties. Yeah, and Superman the Animated Series looks like it's in the future. <laughs> yeah, even that's what to I love too. Like the, the suits people wear is fantastic. Oh yeah, like even yeah, even the the cars and the building, like it looks very yeah, it looks very futuristic. And yeah, I, I didn't even really catch that on uh, my original watch. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Styles. watch and Superman toss. It's awesome. Basically, yes. And if, if I can quote while we're on the topic, one more Lex Luthor uh, animated version. One of my favorite moments, and this is just kind of a meta moment for me, is in Justice League. I don't know if it was the original or in Unlimited, uh, where Wally, Flash, and Lex Luthor oh pulled a God. Freaky Friday <laughs> yeah. and they swapped bodies. But at the time, uh. Wally, Wally was being voiced by Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. who played Lex Luthor on Smallville. And then Michael Rosenbaum was essentially playing the Flash, playing Lex Luthor. So he was playing Lex <laughs> Luthor the second time. <laughs> and yeah. it was fantastic. Down to that oh, scene man. where he pulls off the cowl. He's like, I have no idea who this is. This did <laughs> not oh, help God. me at that's, all. That's yeah. <laughs> so good, yeah. Okay, that's... Actually, yeah. speaking of, of we, uh, last tangent, I promise. about but... animated series. <laughs> I know. But uh, we, we've we've mentioned Kyle Rayner a few times just because mm. these these figures have overtaken our lives. But I actually forgot <laughs> there was the the in brightest day episode where they have it's a very I well slightly different version of, of Kyle Rayner. They still keep him as an yeah. artist. But I I totally forgot that was an episode where he just like just a Green Lantern in Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, I I don't really remember that episode so i gotta go back and watch it but i remember the design it's a pretty fun one honestly yeah yeah god what a series yeah we we gotta just take a week and and just (laughs) gush over animated series yeah that'd be great just do a rewatch together or something Oh, she got to get. I I would love to do one on on (laughs) detox in particular there's so many episodes i could gush over but i i want to say um 
let's not do it through the order my DVD has because they do it. <laughs> the DVD, the complete series DVD, has the episode order in production order and not release order, uh, so it, it gets oh a bit confusing because so things are out of yeah out of st- out, yeah they're they're out of time and it must you know what I mean. It's out of place. Yeah. It's oh, just really really weird. Like Robin isn't there in the first episode, and then he's just magically there at the second episode. <laughs> it's just really, yeah, yeah, that's weird. Really awkward. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's still great to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. Superman, the comic book series, <laughs> <laughs> not the show, <laughs> um, not the show. Yeah, honestly, like you, you guys gushed over Jamal Campbell's art. I, I'll do the same. Is friggin' gorgeous. Um, they easily the best part of this issue is just seeing this art um one of one of you mentioned earlier i think it might have been brandon mentioned how or maybe no i think it was it was one of you <laughs> mentioned earlier in this uh <laughs> broadcast that uh you know as comic fans we're basically art connoisseurs as well and, and this this is up there oh yes this Twas really I. is like yeah yeah this is easily something to appreciate uh, in the, yeah. I, I liked looking in the prison where they got a top-down perspective of Lex uh, Livewire's there screaming her head off. You also see Red Mist, which is a, a cool addition. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. who the big guy is, but it's, just, it's cool to see that little nods to other characters. Um, it's just fascinating stuff. This um, what was her name? Miss Moonlight is her name. Marilyn Moonlight. Marilyn Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. <clears throat> super cool edition yeah Yeah. it's just also very cool introduction and addition to the story i i I think she's i kind of yeah i kind of got it spoiled because williamson talked about it on a word balloon or some other show where he's like you know i really like the idea of like putting superman in different contexts and and places and stuff like that because he's the kind of character you can just drop anywhere and he's like i have this idea where I'm going to put Superman in a Western. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds oh, wow. awesome. Um, <laughs> so I think I think this is what this is alluding to, where it's sort yeah, of that, an, that an Old sense. West version of Metropolis. Um, and uh, we'll get the, the origins of Marilyn Moonlight or something like that. That'd be cool. And I'm, I'm looking at, okay, no, that is the sun. Never mind. Uh, hey, that's it's a horrible uh, idea. I just want to go on record saying that Superman <laughs> does not need to go to the old west. Oh my god, of all the I, heroes, he might be the only one that hasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm so yeah. down. I, I'm down for that. Yeah, I yeah. that's the perfect way to connect um, Jonah Hex and Batlash. Like, get them in there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, I just love Jonah those Hex classic and Max Mercury. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Max Mercury for sure. I would just love to see That's Superman it. meet Batlash and be like, huh, I know somebody that yeah. would love you. <laughs> or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, honestly, I really enjoyed the issue. Um, Lois going full parasite was kind of messed up. Superman also going full parasite, kind of even more messed up. The only drawback for me is it reminded me of Super Doom, and I wasn't overly thrilled about that story. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I digress about that. That's an entirely different era of Superman, an entirely different story in Superman. This is a new one that I'm excited for. 9.5 out of 10. Solid issue for so far a solid run. I guess so. Uh, I, I will agree with Josh that I hope it sticks the landing. 
I hope Joshua yes. Williamson can break his curse <laughs> of not yes. closing but I'm, stories I gotta admit, properly. I'm, yeah, I, I gotta admit, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been paying attention to too many of the reviews, but at least for the ones I've seen on League of Comic Geeks, the reaction to this series has been a lot more positive than I expected. Like, people seem to yeah. really just love this book. So that's that's refreshing to see. I, I'll admit, though, like when, when I first started reading his run of The Flash, I really liked it. I really did. Uh, I thought did. it had, had some interesting stuff, yeah. but then it just, after a while, I realized <laughs> what was going on and none of the endings made sense. And again, like The Flash, yeah. there's still some of my favorite moments for. Hello. Hello. Did, did Brandon, did you disconnect as well? Yeah, we, I think we all did. All right. Yeah. So the damn thing just shut down. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so let's just pick up where we left off. You were talking about um, Superman, how great the art is. Uh, you were talking about Flash, how much you loved it. Oh, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I so there off. was... Yeah, so we, we had some technical difficulties just now, uh, so I'm going to uh, try and pick up exactly where I left off. Uh, but the, the, I think what I was saying was with Williamson's run of the flash, like some of my favorite moments for Barry Allen happened during that series. But my gripe is specifically with the endings of each story. That's all it was, was the last, last issue of each arc. That was my problem. The bulk, the beginning, the middle loved it, but every, everything else like, no. So that's what I'm hoping is not happening here because I'm loving this so far, <laughs> but we're only two issues yeah, deep. No, so we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll hope. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So, you know, it, it he kind of broke it with Robin, but then he went back to it later on in Robin. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, nine point five out of ten. If I didn't say before, uh, that's yeah, that's it. I'm looking forward to the next one. All right. With As am I. I, yeah, I was the last one, right? Yeah. So with yeah. that, we are now moving on to our top three books of the week and favorite moment. If you had one, uh, Brandon, you want to set us off? Yeah. No. At uh, number three uh, for this week, I would probably put GCPD, The Blue Wall, and number two, Flash. But uh, number one, I got to give it to uh, Superman number two. I'm just having so much fun with this series. It's exactly the the Superman book that uh, I think we need right now. Do you, have a... you would say that. <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment? <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't know what that means, but... Uh, yeah, I don't either. Brandon. All right. Well, I guess my oh, top three oh, favorite sorry. moment. Oh, I, I totally forgot favorite moment. Um, favorite moment. I mean, the funniest moment is probably Nightwing just yeeting that girl, as Kirk <laughs> said, because it was really yeah. funny. But I, I will go with uh, with something a little more original. Um, and as horrifying as it was, that panel of the parasite infected Lois was was pretty cool. And just like Superman's absolutely terrified reaction is. It's horrifying to see, but but really well drawn. Agreed. Uh, Honey, I'm so glad you're home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry <laughs> I can eat you. 
That's every zombie movie ever. <laughs> Night of the Living Parasite. Um, yeah. yeah, my my top three very similar to yours, Brandon, but kind of reversed <laughs> in a way. I had the Flash at number three. I had GCPD at number two, but at number one, I also had Superman. Just the highest scoring book for me and beautiful to look at. Uh, favorite moment, I had to go through quite a few. I I was thinking about that, that page you mentioned with um, fake Nightwing throwing uh, a little girl and, and the opening pages of World's Finest with uh, Barbara and Kara just getting annoyed with the the boys like how could you not know it was us uh but ultimately that last page of the flash that last page of the flash just threw me for such a loop it's gorgeous to look at it's drawn really well and it it made my mind blow i was at work and i had to compose myself (laughs) 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 it's like are are you okay he's like sorry i just something really just shattered me yeah, the, the last time that this? happened, you even I know had what to this awkwardly means? explain something yeah. to somebody, and they just didn't get yeah. why it was exciting. I was like, oh, just don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that was Holly after you. I feel like that was Holly after you got me the Wonder Woman figurine. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, that's great. I'm I'm glad you like them. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fucking toy. That's cool. Uh, shut up. <laughs> my favorite moment um it's gonna be uh, i picked two 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 uh two moments in the art uh superman number two with uh superman barreling through the wall of uh of ug supercorp uh that was drawn and colored so damn well but yeah the uh i think my favorite piece of art this week and it was just it was done so well um was that full page splash and world's finest of jimmy holding the camera with the scenes of his investigation inside of him it was it it was so awesome i that 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 page i mean i sat and stared at it for a little bit because of how great it was dan mora is a legend among men yeah, that was a good one. What about your top three? Oh, huh? my top three. Yeah, I suppose I should give those, huh? Number <laughs> three is going to go to Wonder Woman. That was uh, uh, the fact that it made it into the top three is mind blowing enough. Number two, I'm going to give to The Flash. It was great. And the only thing that could have beat The Flash this week, even coming close, was GCPD the Blue Wall such a phenomenal ending to such a phenomenal story? Um, uh, if you if you like comics without capes, then I mean they don't get any better than that. It was it was fantastic. So that those those are my top three this week. Right on, yeah. It's so yeah, I think resounding success for GCPD the Blue Wall and the Flash made all three of our top three yeah Uh, all right so that was our top three and now it's time for your bottom one it is oh that's nasty Uh, at least for me on my part not that nasty i didn't really have one (laughs) i liked everything (laughs) 
gonna be honest. Yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman was probably the weakest for me. I debated giving it to Nightwing, but I did enjoy the backup. Um, so I, it just barely, barely didn't make it. Um, but yeah, the weakest for me would probably be Wonder Woman for this week. Um, again, uh, the, the well, it's the lowest scoring issue, and the art alone makes me want to not put it on the biggest stinker list at all. But Superman number two, it it Damn. feels it feels like the it feels like a Forever Force story already. Yeah, I I hope I hope you're wrong. I, I haven't really been wrong about wrong. Williamson yet. I neither have but, I, but I do you know, hope keep, you're wrong. Keep the keep the faith alive, man. Keep the faith alive. Yeah. That's that's a fucking heel turn though. The same book that was number one for Brandon and I is biggest stinker for you. That's that's a heck of a moment right there. Not that unusual, at least not for me and Brandon. <laughs> oh, man. You get it all here, folks. Differing opinions. Indeed, fun you banter. do. What what's not to love? All right. Any last minute thoughts? Uh, any more notes, news, ideas that we want to bring that, up before uh, we close? Is about uh, all, my friend. I, the only thing I want to say is I still think that they should lay off the guy that sorts the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the same time, if if they lay off the mailroom guy. It just means nothing gets delivered. It just sits That's in a, a pile in the, the basement and, and nobody ever gets anything anyway. Yeah. Sounds like an archaeological archaeological dig 20 years from now. That does. What they should Beautiful do. Beautiful experience for someone. Hire Dan DiDio into the mailroom so he can uh, get people over to his new imprint. Watch for Perhaps. his stapler. <laughs> All right, with that, that is our show. Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Just like